And now, introducing the man who is oddly eager to get the Senate's UFO report in June. The man who ordered a party platter from Subway last night to celebrate simply because the Orioles couldn't lose. And then he was overheard talking about the Orioles and quoting Earl Weaver, saying, If you know how to cheat, start now. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Zach Goodman in again this morning for Kyle as we wind it down the week on a Friday edition of GCR. Um, I say much to do normally to start each program. We actually don't have as much. I had somebody cancel on me just uh, before the show began today, so um, I'm in the market. No, we got we got stuff. We got plans. We got things we want to discuss. We have uh, we have people to see. Places games to, to play. Go. Games yeah, to play. We do. We're gonna play a game this morning as well. Glad you're with us for a Friday edition of the program. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. What we know we're going to do later on in the show, Kevin Goldstein is going to join us. Uh, Kevin Goldstein from Fangraphs, former Astros. He was in. He was a, he was a, write, a baseball writer. Then he became Astro scouting director. Now he's back to being a baseball writer and, and podcaster. <laughs> kind of the dream career path. Yeah, right not, not a bad path. I don't disagree with that. Uh, he's with Fangraphs now. He's going to join us for this week's MLB draft segment. I'm sure we'll talk about some other things with them, including uh, what we're going to lead today's show with. Um, but uh, we do a draft segment every week as the Orioles have the fifth pick. We are still... Uh, a bit of, a bit more than a month away because they they moved the draft back yeah. and as we are still in sort of normally I guess strange it been times yes it would have been in a few days I believe next week exactly yeah. is when it would well no 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 that's not true it's normally was I want to say it was ju- well it's normally, last year was a little it's bit normally when the when the college world series starts yes it's normally so, so soon two weeks two weeks I want to say is when it would be yeah, sure two weeks yeah. so not. It wouldn't have been next week. It would have been the following week, I believe, is when the draft would have been in a normal year. But it's going to be a little bit later than that this year. We will uh, continue to do weekly draft segments leading into that point. Um, and then who knows what else might pop up this morning here on this program. But what I do know is that there was a really weird thing that happened last night on Twitter. By the way, uh, thank you for all of you that sent warm greetings about the Suns. Not nearly enough of you, frankly. <laughs> I feel like I congratulations, I gotten, Glenn. I think I should have gotten a little more personal credit for all of the many contributions that I made. Yes. to the Phoenix Suns. Very exciting night for me. I do not care that Anthony Davis was hurt for a few games in the series. It happens. The only game in the series where both Chris Paul and Anthony Davis were healthy, the Suns won. So there you go. I'm taking that as a win. Uh, now they got to go face Denver and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, no problem yeah. with it there at all. Not like uh, they should have to worry at all about Nikola Jokic. Jesus. That guy is really, really good. Um, also, it is weird that both teams that were in the NBA Finals last year are now out after the first round of the NBA playoffs. I get it. Everything about last year was weird. We knew that this was going to be weird, and it is definitely shaping up more and more as though this is the Nets title to lose, if you will. So uh, there's that. Now. I don't know why <laughs> this all uh, unfolded on Twitter last night. And the truth is, I really get the sense that it was only about one guy. 
and we're probably giving the guy too much shine. Yes. With with no disrespect, Tom Skoka or Sk- I I think it's Skoka is a former Deadspin editor. And that's the extent of what I can tell you about Tom Skoka. He mm-hmm. apparently used to be in Baltimore at the City Paper. He has covered politics for a little while. Like his career is interesting in the world of journalism. Yes, but it's not like uh, he's a bona fide, uh, you know, baseball mind. As much as he just appears to be an Orioles fan who is not drinking the Kool Aid, if you will. <laughs> um, I, I am. It's a weird. It, this is a really weird bit. I am not the guy that's trying to state. And I, I, this has actually come up recently. It, it goes back to the conversation we had with David Sampson last week on the program. David Sampson led off our conversation by saying, well, you got to be careful. And I was like, whoa, do, do you not? Do you, do you think that Mike Elias isn't as good as? And he said, it's not personal towards Mike Elias. It's that a lot of organizations will tell you they're in a rebuild. And they're not really in a rebuild. They're just cheap. They don't want to spend money. They have no interest in spending money. They want you to spend money on them without them having to put out any money of their own. That's what they're doing, and they're telling you it's a rebuild, and there's never a point. Now, David Sampson obviously has some experience with that with his time in the Marlins, where post-2003, there certainly did not appear to be a point for a long time. In Miami, there was the one year where they kind of went all in and loaded up and, and tried, but outside of that, and then, of course, they turned around and stripped all the parts um, in preparing for a sale, and Derek Jeter you know, got rid of whatever the rest of the parts were once he arrived. So he definitely knows a thing or two about it, and there are plenty of examples of other places where they're not, they might not even be saying they're in a rebuild. They're just never really truly trying. And... I don't think he's wrong. And I've said that since we had that conversation. It, it didn't feel personal. It didn't feel like a, a shot at Mike Elias. It felt like his way of saying, look, man, just be careful. Just be aware. Don't allow yourself to get wrapped up in something if it doesn't prove to be there. Everybody wants to tell you they're chasing what the Astros did. They're chasing what the Cubs did. It's really hard to do. We talked about this openly. Sure, it's very it difficult is. to do it that. Is. It's very difficult to replicate what the Astros and Cubs did. So they'll tell you they're chasing that because they can hold up those two teams as proof that it can be done. But don't be certain that it can. Sure. So, I mean, the White Sox have been rebuilding for how long now? Now, yeah. now they're a competitor, but they yeah. were rebuilding a long time before they ca- became a competitor. It took a very, very long time. And maybe like you know, like you were saying, and David Sampson was saying, that maybe they were just pretending to be rebuilding and actually were just being cheap for the five or six years before the actual real rebuild started. Who knows? I, I don't. I, yeah, I, can't, I can't speak to it. But it's I not guaranteed every time. It's certainly not guaranteed. And there's plenty of teams that have been perpetually rebuilding or... Or not even that. Like, might have called it rebuilding at some point, but then kind of just... I, I've tried to, to figure out how, to, how do you explain the Cincinnati Reds, right? Yeah, like, how point. do you explain a team that's never really rebuilding, but is also never really aggressively trying? No, no. Like, what are they exactly? What are the Texas Rangers? 
Yeah, you go out and get uh, Corey Kluber in in 2020, and then but this like, year you basically are tanking. And, you're and you're <laughs> never you've never yeah. really like gone all in to do anything. You've just kind of, now those teams. It's different. It's a different scenario. It's a different question. And I I would rather be in a rebuild, I think, than be one of those teams. But that's a topic for a different day. So all of this unfolds last night because Tom Skoka or Skosh. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be Skoka disrespectful. Skoka sounds right. I just don't know him. It's not. He's not a guy that I know, man. Like I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Also, I not a guy I know, but guy. he has forty thousand Twitter followers. Well, I mean, so he, was, he has to he be was, someone. He was at Deadspin for yeah. a while, and he was part of some of their greatest hits. Like he was at Deadspin. When the uh, Manti Teo uh, mm-hmm. thing broke, he was the editor at Deadspin then, and he was the editor at Deadspin for some of the more significant things that Deadspin did. So whether or not they were him, that was he was the one that was actually doing it, he was there, he was a part of it when Deadspin was particularly relevant. So, that being said, Tom Skoka responds to an Orioles fan. An Orioles fan named Jordan, who... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, maybe they know each other. I, I don't know. This is not... I, I've, I've interacted with Jordan before. Nice guy. I don't know why this set Tom Skoka from previously of Deadspin off. Jordan says, uh, responds or, or retweets a Baseball America tweet about uh, Gunnar Henderson, um, Hudson Haskin, and Grayson Rodriguez by saying, if you're an Elias hater at this point, just find another team, LMAO. Now, to that, I don't. I didn't really know... If there are Mike Elias haters that exist, I have not met them. I just don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people overwhelmingly who are like, I, I think Mike Elias knows what he's doing, but I don't, I don't really know that. I, I have hope for Mike Elias. I have hope that he's the guy here. They're, that's what I've got. I have not met anyone that thinks that Mike Elias is trash or is no. I don't know where that would come from. So, you know, that's a that's a weird tweet to me because I that it's like when um I I think it, I'll make this comparison. If Steph Curry's having a great night, there will be people that are like, "Oh, I thought Steph Curry couldn't shoot." And we'll send that as a, a tweet. Right. Like anybody on the planet has said Steph Curry couldn't shoot. Yeah. It's not yeah. quite the same thing. It's not as if everybody on the planet knows Michael Elias is a great GM, but I just don't think there's a huge population of Michael Elias haters that are out there. And I that's have probably not come because that. more people who are not Orioles fans really don't care. Correct. <laughs> uh, if exactly you're, right. If, if you were a if you you're know, tweeting about Michael Elias, right. It's probably because you're inclined right. to either Think fondly of Mike Elias, or at worst, be indifferent towards Mike yes, Elias. Yes, I just have not sensed that there is some I, population of Mike Elias haters. There are some Orioles fans who have been very unhappy with the way the process has been going so far. But I haven't. I'm seen not them sure how you take it be. out on Mike Elias. Yeah, it's more. It's more on Brandon Hyde. It's more an assault on the Major League roster in itself. But also, it's on Mike Elias for. And I, I'm going to use air quotes here. Not putting a competitive yeah, team on I, the field. I mean, you might maybe maybe it exists, right? It's, I it's just, a small majority, but I it just does. haven't seen that. So this guy uh, Tom Skoka retweets this Orioles fan Jordan mm-hmm. and says, "Get this effing psychosis <laughs> out of here." The guy's the general manager of a major league baseball team that just lost 14 games in a row. If you're an yeah. apologist for Elias at this point, you're a effing sucker. Which is aggressive. It's a very aggressive... For, for really no reason. Like, like, this was out of nowhere. Just uh, straight up aggression for no reason. Like, um, it just... It, 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 it kind of blew my mind when I, once I realized that this is what set off this entire conversation. 
Now yeah. he ended up, you know, going back and forth with some people and and essentially it seems like his complaint as the, you know, this Orioles fan Jordan responds to Tom Skoga, a major league team that has yet to call up a single prospect that he has drafted or acquired. They tore the entire thing down and started over. It takes time. Keep being a clown, though, to which Tom responds, <laughs> absolute sucker mentality. You can't judge the guy whose job it is to put a major league baseball team on the field by the fact that the major league roster he put together stinks. Uh, it, it, this is a really weird bit, kind of on Look, all... On all ends. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when did Mike Elias ever say the Orioles were competing in 2021? Right. Now, but there's two different comments. This is where there is context that's warranted in the conversation, right? There is, con- there is a warranted debate that can be had, and this predates Mike Elias, about the decisions that the Orioles have made as a franchise. I've discussed this over and over again. In trying to whitewash how miserably they failed... Post-2014, it is a historic failure of having as much talent as they did, deciding not to bring back any of the trio of Nelson Cruz, Nick Marcakis, and Andrew Miller, and then still rolling it out there and saying, yeah, but we're going to pretend like we're still going to be competing for a World Series without actually doing anything to justify that. Now, Mike Elias wasn't here for that. So I can't hang that on Mike Elias. And I don't think it's Dan Duquette's fault either because Dan Duquette has made it very clear what he would and would not have done. (laughs) Very. He sure as F, if he had his druthers, would not have paid Chris Davis. Yes. That's not a debate. That's not a... It is a known fact that Dan Duquette had no interest in giving Chris Davis the contract that he gave him. That came from above him. And there's a lot of things that came from above him. That was yep. not the only thing where, where uh, Dan Duquette's hands were tied. His hands were extremely tied, and he was not really now, allowed to be the GM he wanted to be. It doesn't absolve Dan Duquette of, of other things. No, it no. doesn't absolve the uh, Orioles you, as a whole you of could other make, things. You can make the argument after the 2014 playoffs that there wasn't enough done to get back in the playoffs in 2015. And they well, there wasn't. They, they needed to decide, as I wrote about back then, they needed to decide in 2014 if they were going to try to win a World Series with Manny Machado or not. And they did not. Right? And they didn't. They just stayed in purgatory. Yes. They, they needed to do one thing or the other. They needed to figure out if they could win a World Series and go all in to do it, or they needed to trade Manny Machado when he had his absolute highest value mm-hmm. and not wait until there were six months left and not hide behind this facade of, well, it's, it's more fun to be competitive, which was a phrase that was being thrown around by a lot of people in and around the Orioles. Well, it's it's just more fun to come to the ballpark every day when it's competitive. And in a vacuum, I guess that's true, right? But it's more fun to have prolonged competitiveness or for that competitive competitiveness to turn into winning a World Series. And every decision they made post the 2014 ALCS was piss poor. Yes. Yes. Piss poor. Yes. As a franchise. There's no defending it. There's not really defending any of it. So I'm not... Th- this bit does not absolve... I'm I'm not whitewashing anything and saying, well, you know, what, what else were the Orioles supposed to do? Well, I'll give you that answer. They were supposed to figure it out in 2014. 
they were supposed to figure out the trajectory of it's why I talk about time frame and John Means and all of these things because there is an immediate parallel. It's 2014. Sure. 2014. Could you have bought out some arbitration years from Manny Machado at that point? Could you have given yourself two more years on your timeline? You definitely, in hindsight, should have brought back Nelson Cruz and Nick Markakis. Could make an argument that you should have brought back Andrew Miller and let Chris yeah. Davis walk. Now, I was not... None of us could have known how badly the Chris Davis thing was going. There was no... Even the people that didn't think the Orioles should resign Chris Davis could not possibly... They would be liars if they would be telling you that they thought that it was going to end up being this bad. So that, that's, a, that's a tougher one to, to have a conversation about. That's where the problems began. So now, in judging Mike Elias, he didn't trade for Yusniel Diaz. He didn't acquire nothing at the deadline with the assets the Orioles had. Right. So in judging Mike Elias specifically... And the job he was hired to do, I have no problem saying this. No, I don't judge Mike Elias by the major league roster that's on the field. But those of you that think that there should always be a competitive... This is American professional sports. If you're playing, you should always be trying to be competitive. I get it. I do. I understand. Inherently, I've said this before, I don't like tanking. I don't. Does anybody really? Does anybody? I I don't I mean, know. I, you could find too many I, people that would. I think the people that have benefited from it would say, you know, like <laughs> maybe it, it maybe. worked out for us. True. You know, I mean, like if you asked an Astros fan, they would say, yeah, it wasn't fun, but it it look at what it turned us it's into. Painful. It is a yeah, painful, it's painful process. as hell. There's no a doubt long, about it. It's a long process, and and, it, and there is it, no certainty of it working. Yes, none. We we like to pretend as though it's just a. You start tanking. That means. Five years down the road, you're winning a World Series. It doesn't work that way. It does not. It has, and it can be done, but it's not a. this is not a thing that exists, yeah. that it's a, a blueprint. You want to win a World Series? Here's how you go about doing it. It's possible. It's possible that it can happen that way, and the Orioles are certainly hoping that it will end up happening that way. But in a vacuum, Glenn, are you good with tanking or not? No, I don't want there to be tanking in major American professional sports. I want to think that every time teams are on the field, they're trying to compete. And I do think that at some point, baseball should try to do something to stop tanking. I think they should wait about four years before they implement it. And I've said that before. Like, I don't think you do it to teams that are starting their processes right now. I think you say... Hey, here's what we're going to do to to try to um, dissuade teams from tanking. And we're letting you know now, but we're telling you we're not, it's going to start, whatever the penalties are, whatever the reward, five years from now. The idea that people have had of uh, you reward uh, post-All-Star break performance, that's how you determine draft picks. Whatever it is that you do in order to try to prevent tanking, you, you put it into play five years down the road. And if that's the real complaint, is I'm not judging Mike Elias by the prism of a rebuild because I'm not okay with rebuilding. I'm, I only care about what's happening on the Major League roster. Well, then, yeah, you probably don't think that Mike Elias is a particularly good general manager. Sure, sure, and, yeah. And now, going to the, the, the guy last night, he's, you know, he's clearly a little deranged. <laughs> um, the, the, this effing psychosis. We're all capable of big-picture thought. 
right. I mean, we're capable of it. A lot of us don't do it. Sure. Yeah. But we're all capable ignore of it, it or ignore it. I mean, I, I think I, I tweeted this a few times last night, but I think we probably should have seen this coming as as people who are supporters of the rebuild of the process and, and see the benefits of it in the long term. Because in 2018, everyone was on board. Or 2019, excuse me. Everyone was on board. You, you saw Michael Elias come in. The entire fan base rejoices. You know, 20, 2020, it's it's obviously a year that they don't do so great. Fine. Every, no one expected that. Obviously, 2019 was just as bad. And then you get to 2021, and you start to see people lose patience. And I don't think anybody, any of us should really be surprised by that because it's just going to happen because fans aren't patient. They don't want to wait around for well, the long Well, or they term. don't really know what it means. Or they don't really know they what it means. They, right. they hear rebuild, and like, and, and there was a lot of even intelligent Orioles fans mm-hmm. that were like, well, that should be like a three-year thing. And I was like... It's not going to happen overnight. It, it's, it's insane. Yes. It's, it's a five-year thing at best. And, right. and as I pointed out a number of times... It hasn't gone at best so far. Oh, right. We had a pandemic to slow it down. The initial right. trades did not right. net the Orioles the talent that was necessary in order to speed up the process. Right. And you still didn't really get into international signing for a couple of years. To gain perspective, Michael Elias' job when he was coming in here, to gain perspective, if you're looking at this and you're saying Michael Elias has not done a good job, he took a bottom five farm to a top five farm. In just three years, he's taken a non-existent international complex and non-existent right. international presence to one that is respectable at, at right. right now, where so, it is. And, 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 and those things, like somebody would point out, if Adley Rutschman wasn't in the minor league system... They wouldn't have a top five. Absolutely sure. Like, he's so overwhelming that that's, you know... when you, you have the number one pick, when you have the number one pick, of course it's going to be easy to get good talent in your organization. Sure, no doubt about sure. that. Or it should be anyway. But you look at the third round picks, the fourth round picks that Michael Elias has made. Guys like Hudson Haskin, who are tearing the ball, you mm-hmm. know, the cover off the ball right now mm-hmm. in single A. You look at a Jordan Westberg. You look at a Gunnar Henderson. These are the guys that okay, it's it's not as as cut and dry as Adley Rutschman is, but these are solid baseball players that Michael Elias has found because of the great scouting effort that they've done. And this is all part of him being and, and him doing his job. And so, in the context of the the person that says, "I think Mike Elias is doing a good job because of these things," in that context, I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't think it proves anything. And this is the part that we don't like. This is the part where those guys still have to go prove themselves as major league baseball players. Sure, that the, the success that we're seeing. From D.L. Hall, these are bad examples because weren't, those weren't Elias draft picks. The success that we're seeing from even Elias draft picks at the low levels of minor league baseball does not guarantee anything. It does not mean that two years from now they're going to be you know, solid to high-level major league baseball players. They might be. And there's good reason to have hope that they will be. Sure, there's a lot of reason to think they will. Yeah. But you still have to gauge I it would make no sense to be a Mike Elias sycophant other than for, you know, for Twitter attention, right? Like if you're the you know, I think we all did the walk with Elias bit, like <laughs> we're but the, yeah. and the, and that's fine. We're trying to do it because we're all trying to say we're Orioles fans. We know this thing sucks, but we're doing it together and so we're we're trying to show each other that we're in and we're in this thing together, right? Like that, that it's Twitter attention, and that's fine. But in having a real conversation, separating it from from Twitter, in having an actual conversation with other intelligent people, 
if you're a Mike Elias sycophant, if you're someone who says this guy's brilliant and can do no wrong, well, that's that's, that's also incorrect. That makes no sense. I mean, he, it's not. Nobody's perfect, right? I mean, nobody have, nobody is going. Wait, maybe he maybe he is. We don't know. We we can't know that yet. You don't I, have enough evidence with Mike Elias to say that you know he's a quality major league baseball general manager. We don't. Right. We don't because Mike Elias hasn't done much of anything at the major league level. Right. And we won't know until these guys debut and they, these guys prove themselves right. to it, be either a bad or good major league baseball player. Correct. Simple as that. And it, and so to, to, to judge Mike Elias, it, it's like telling an accountant that, you know, they got the numbers right and that they should have gotten the numbers wrong. They're literally just doing their Mike Elias has done his job to to a T. I mean, you cannot tell me the job that he was asked to, to right. do, and it's still that's still tricky to say. He's done it to a t- he has. We think we think we he's think so. done it. Okay, fair and, enough. And I, I got to keep coming back to that. We think it's going well outside of you know like with, with the major league product. No, and it, and like the there, it's not what what happened with Heston Kerstad is not his fault. Yeah. But like, if. If this impacts Heston Kerstad long term, it will really hurt the Orioles to have had a number two overall pick. Yeah, that became a miss, and I and I'm it's such a difficult conversation to have because Heston Kerstad's health is so much more important than baseball, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know th- it ties into a global pandemic, and there's just a lot there, and so we don't want to we don't really want to talk about it, and it also ties into the fact that a lot of people didn't think Heston Kerstad was worthy of being the number two overall pick. There's so much in that conversation that's problematic that we're just sort of avoiding it and i and i think that's the right thing to do for the most part but it does exist and it is relevant that if they don't if if they miss on a number 2 overall pick that's a that's a really troubling thing it will be very upsetting and it will be very it really will, problematic for this yes it will set it back for years um because your number 2 pick is is a a luxury to have and yep. if you don't hit with it then it, you didn't it, do the it, job right a but number 2 no, it again, may not so, be Michael Elias's fault right and oh it certainly might not be Michael Elias's fault and a lot of people will point out hey the Astros had a pell right like yeah Brady Aiken know, too Brady Aiken of course you know what i mean like they, in fact back to back right wasn't they weren't they yes, back to back back to back yep. Appel and Aiken um, and and they survived that, right? So it's not as if you can't survive it. And they had another one. They had Correa, obviously. That one turned the, out okay. The, I think that was two years before. I want to say was it one? It was one. They went to Correa. You think it was Correa, Appel, Aiken? I could be order? wrong in that, that, but yeah, I believe that would be might, and, correct. Might, might, that might be right. I don't. These are things that I I've studied up on, and I've you know <laughs> we, we've all read Astro Ball, yes, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> I just allowed them to escape from me. Um. So the the answer, the correct answer, is sure as f not what this guy Tom Skoka was saying. No, about Elias specifically, if his point was about the Orioles and saying you should still be pissed off about the Orioles being cheap, I I, I can't dismiss that. Maybe I can't. I can't dismiss that. I can't dismiss wholeheartedly. The idea that the Orioles, what what got us to this position was largely their choice to be cheap. And that they had a generational talent, and they could have chosen to say, we're going to pay this generational talent. And you can point out direct parallel. Why, why are the pod... The, Manny Machado didn't sign for $300 million to the Yankees. This, this thing that we do where we say, well, this team can't sign a player for that amount of money. The Padres aren't that team. San Diego's not a major market. Now, it was a unique circumstance for San Diego. We've talked about this a little bit, that 
it was a town that had just lost football, and the Padres had this unique chance to dominate a major American city mm-hmm. uh, from a sports standpoint, to be the entirety of the sports in that market and to captivate and they wanted to quickly capitalize on the anger and the furor of Chargers fans and wanted to convert them and get them to come out to the ballpark every night. And so it was a good time for them to spend money and create an all-in sense. And that's, that is unique, but there is a fair argument to be made. You had the generational talent. You had the guy that was worthy of saying, when we have this guy, we can only be so bad. Pay him. And so if the, the, if the anger is about the Orioles being cheap, I can't utterly and completely dismiss that. I can't tell you that's completely misplaced. Because there is a history of that being true. Yes. There is a history There's of that. There's literally one example ever of that not being the case. Right. Uh, but the, it is, it, so far, it has not been the case with Michael Elias. And if you well, say, if you're a person who says, well, why didn't Michael Elias go out there and sign free agents? Because if Michael Elias had gone out there and signed an impact free agent, the Orioles would have won 60 games instead of 50. Well, but the real answer is because he was told not to. I mean, and like, he was that, told that's, not to. That's, that's, not, the, that's not his job the, right the now. The real answer is, if, Michael I, if, if they had hired Michael Elias to spend and, and, and do the, the, like the Larry Lucchino thing... Or like a Dave Dombrowski where you just sell the the farm to build the team. Just just go go try to win right right now. Do whatever you can do to win. Then you judge him by that. They didn't hire him to do that, and and he knew that, and he took the job knowing what the job was. It was very clear. Um, And, and yes, signing one guy this offseason would have made no sense at all. And, frankly, you know, you can make an argument that um, – having Freddie Galvis didn't really make a whole lot of sense, right? Like, that at some point, you just stick somebody out there, a young player. I get it. You didn't really have anybody to do that with. It was going to have to be Richie Martin. I, I, I'm i not mad about Freddie Galvis, so I want to make that very clear. Um, by the way, today's show is also brought to you by um, by uh, Tucker Fest, which is coming up on June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. We're looking forward to being out there for Tucker Fest. It's going to be a great day. Live music. It's a free family fun event. Live music from Joey Harkham, Dave Teeth. Um, as well as the dunk tank. Jeremy Kahn's hopping in there. You can knock him into the water. Cornhole tournament, live broadcast, all that. And you can meet the greatest kicker of all time, which seems like a pretty swell way to spend a day. $50 for your meet and greet passes, autograph and picture with Justin Tucker. Get them right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And the best part is that the money goes to the Brigantz Brigade which is a wonderful charity that everyone, every Baltimore football fan should be looking to support and the fight against ALS. Again, go right now to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com in order to get your tickets for Tuckerfest. Back to the point. The point being, I don't have a problem with somebody saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not on board with this. Calling people who are suckers, I'm not there either. I'm not I I get that they can be and at some point we are going to have to sit down and figure out as a fan base whether we can still support it. If we get 5 years in and there aren't these players aren't getting to the major league roster and succeeding, then we're going to have to sit there down and say There is time for questions. Did this work? Yeah. And, and somebody would say I don't have 5 years to wait. Five, to invest 5 years in a bad Major League Baseball team, I'm not doing that. That's fine. That's that's your plan. And I'm, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm saying for the no. people that are on board with 
This is a way it can be done. Is it the only way? No, but it's a way. And given where the Orioles were because of their past failures, it was probably the most logical way at that point. Right. I mean, did the Orioles really have any choice but they, to no, do this? No, they did. They, and that's well, the, and, and, I, I can't escape from that. Not, they, not, until, and not after 2018. That's my point. At, after they decided that they weren't paying Manny Machado. Yes, correct. You yep. can say that. But they still made that decision. Like, that's the part I can't get around. Absolving the Orioles from the decision that they made to not pay Manny Machado. Manny Machado was available. First guy to yes. offer $300 million was getting him. That was the way it was going. So that's the part that I can't, I can't escape that. To, to try to do the bit, well, they had to do this. No, they didn't. They definitely did not have to do this. Right, until they decided that Manny Machado was not coming back. Right. Yes, but, that is... But I'm separating these two things, and that's the part where I don't... The Orioles made certain decisions that I disagree with wholeheartedly, and I think they deserve scorn yes. for the decisions that were made. I think they were failures... They either needed to trade Manny Machado when he had true value, or they needed to sign him, or they needed to go in. I guess there were three options. Right. They, they, they had three paths forward. They did none of those things and created this problem for themselves. I have no sympathy for that. I have no... You, did the, you saw this coming, and you just chose to do nothing about it. it I mean, it's... Anything you get, I mean, literally, if I was I was in a car and I was driving towards, it's the scene from The Office. I'm driving towards the water. <laughs> I could hit the brakes. I could turn. GPS is telling you go there. Yeah, I could jump out of the car. There's a lot of options that I could have, but instead, I drive the car into the water. Well, whose fault is that? It's my own. I don't get to come back afterwards yes. and say, well, gee, gosh, golly, I had no choice. No, you had choices, plenty of them. You chose D, none of the above, and just drove your car into the water. But that's on the Orioles. Not a Michael Elias. Michael Elias didn't make those decisions. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. So the, the scorn that is, is frankly, it's, it's misdirected. That, and that's the part that I, you know, specifically from Tom Skoke. And by the way, I, I attempted to track down Tom Skoke. I had no problem inviting him on this show. I don't know him well enough, and I could not find a contact for him. And that's very rare for me. Uh, I, I, I've got a lot of processes that I go through. I could not find a, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a contact for, for uh, Mike Elias. I mean, it was, or I'm not sorry. No, Tom I, Skoka. I couldn't find one for <laughs> Tom Skoka. Um, so, you know, like that's, 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 I, I tried. But it seems as though his scorn is towards the Orioles yes. and deserved, but he's projecting it to Mike Elias. Mm -hmm. And that part I can't, I just can't get on board with. And right. it's not me saying I know Mike Elias is a great general manager. We don't. Or I, I, have, I don't know. I don't know if Mike Elias is a great general manager or not. I don't know if he's a particularly good general manager. What I know right now is that there are signs of 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 positives. There are signs that Michael Elias might be a, a great general manager. He's done the things that he, or, or he has might been be, hired to do maybe so not, far. Maybe, maybe, he, might, he might be capable of doing what he was asked to do when he was hired. Yes. And, yeah. and again, like j even just getting talent here, even if 
a few guys come through and are talented. That still requires you making stealth moves to compete to try to win a World Series, right? Like, it still requires a little bit more than that. For as much praise as was heaped on Billy Bean, Billy Bean never won a World Series. Billy Bean never got to a World Series. Correct, yeah. Now, you can say, well, it would be easier if he had just gone and taken the Boston job. He he probably would have won a World Series because he could have spent more money then and the whole deal. It It's still... You're measured by whether we're winning a World Series or not. That's the nature of the the beast. Uh, he chose to stay in Oakland, and he chose to to ride it out. I mean, I think the the argument also has to come up is what is the marker to you of a successful rebuild? Is it the playoffs? Is it a World Series? I mean, what is the what is the actual success level for them? Um, because you have to imagine at some point in the 2020s. In, the, in this decade, they will make the playoffs. I, I, I'm not... You say that, and I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> you, Sim, you would think. Simple math kind of suggests that they yeah. that they will, especially if the playoffs are expanded again, and who knows where that's going. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's all going to play out. Um, I don't know that that's as sure a thing as we want to make it out to be, only because it's one thing to rebuild in the AL West. It's mm-hmm. one thing to rebuild in the NL Central. Yeah. Even if a rebuild bears fruit and proves to 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 get you major league quality players, that still doesn't make these other teams go away. Very That's, good point. That still yeah. doesn't mean that suddenly the the Rays, who are perpetually reloading, yes, there's no reason to think they're going to stop their philosophy and they're going to do anything differently. And all they ever do is win. They're a, they're a, a living, breathing DJ Khaled song. Um, they just win and then they win and then they win some more. It's all they ever do. The Yankees and the Red Sox will always have the choice at some point. Well, I say always. They didn't recently. But they they will always decide in a couple years, you know, we're, we're tired of this. Let's go spend money again and let's go load up. Um, so so I think I think if if these things bear out, then they'll probably, you know, end up sniffing around the playoffs. But I think there is a – I think we're capable of knowing when a team is – a team that's in the playoffs versus a team that had a chance to win a World Series – and I think that's the line sure. of demarc- demarcation is that I, I have no problem with somebody saying, well, we think that Billy Bean was really good because the A's genuinely had a chance to win a World Series. It didn't work out for them a couple times, but they genuinely had the chance to do it. And you could point out that, you know, had the Orioles stayed healthy in 2014, they genuinely had a chance to win a World Series. And so you can credit that even though they didn't win a World Series. The 2012 and 2016 Orioles, had no, they were teams that got into the playoffs that had no chance of winning a World Series. The, the Cincinnati Reds in 2020. I mean, that that is a clear team that never had a chance of the, winning the, the World Marlins, Series. I mean, the, the tw- Marlins, the 2020, sure. can, 2020 can almost be thrown away Great because example. of the exp- yes. it, you know, it's a shortened season and it's the expanded playoffs. Sure, I mean, you, you look at a team like the Dodgers. They were built clearly. Well, yes, the Rays were built clearly. Different. There are so many. Yep. Those, are, those are different Playoff things. team versus a World Series team is a very different versus thing. Versus a team that has a chance. Versus right. a team that legitimately yeah. has a chance to win a World Series. And I think that's, that's the ultimate. Do you build something that legitimately has a chance to win a World Series? Because I can accept that there can be dumb luck or a misfortune or whatever it is that plays out that prevents you from winning that World Series, but did you give yourself a genuine chance to win a World Series? And that ultimately, to me, is the measurement. It's not, does Adley Rutschman pan out? You know, I think a lot of idiots could have figured out that Adley Rutschman was the guy to take with that pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, you did not have to know a lot right. to it's, know that Adley Rutschman was the it, number one pick. Does it put you in the place to win a World Series? That's the question. All right, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. 
Uh, we're going to split it up. When we come back in, I'll let you start this. We're, we're playing a game today. Um, Zach Goodman's in for Kyle this week. Zach, of course, part of the bat around every Saturday morning. Uh, he's our, our resident youngster here. He's 20 years old. So we played this game before when we had young people in. It's how old are you, how young are you? This should and be I'm gonna, interesting. I'm going to let him start, and he's going to pose him to me. We're going to play how old are you when we come back in. Then later in the show, we're going to play how young are you. And it's just, what do these things mean to you, if anything? So we're going to do that. Okay. Um, coming up at the top of the hour, Kevin Goldstein's going to join us. We got to get him sort of caught up. Uh, I just saw him on Twitter. We got to kind of get him caught up on what ha- all the, what the conversation was with Mike Elias. Mm-hmm. So we got to do that. Uh, but we're going to talk draft with him, too. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio at PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Kevin Goldstein joins us at the top of the hour. In the meantime, Zach Goodman in for Kyle. Kyle's uh, Kyle's younger than I am, but mm-hmm. Zach's even younger than I am. Yeah. And younger than Kyle. Uh, Zach is uh, just 20 years old, and he's doing a great job, and we're proud of him. But we like to do this whenever we have younger people in because it's sort of recognizing the disconnect between – uh, me at 37, and some of you that are you know, <clears throat> even older that are in our listening audience, and uh, and Zach being 20, he knows he's into things that that I'm not necessarily into, or he's aware of things possibly, that I'm not possibly yeah, potentially potentially. Now, as you pointed out, this game definitely there is a benefit for the older person because at least I'm alive, right? At <laughs> least, <laughs> right. Or I'm of an age if, if where... If you pay attention even slightly. But this is where, I, and, I, and I hope you did, I'm, I'm afraid that you might have gone too broad. Like that, I hope not. I, I, I hope that you zeroed in on things that, like, I... I that's, that's the idea. That, that really are a big deal to people of a mm-hmm. certain age. I d- look, I did my best here. I, I'm going to let down my generation I, if it's I, not good. And, and, I'll, and I'll see. I'll see. Because some of my... I might say, no, I happen to know what that is, or no, everybody knows what that is. You don't have to be a young person to know what that is. That, we'll I, see. I, there might be things on here we'll, where you say, why did you even put that on there? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, but this is this is the game, mm-hmm. and you're gonna we're going to lead with yours. We're going to say, okay. how old are you? You've got 10 on your list. Yes. I've got 10 that I'm going to give you later as we play. How young are you? Okay. How old are you is the game. Uh, I'll say it's brought to you by the print. Uh, no, what do I? Uh, this one's brought to you by the Stay in the Fan Variety Hour. Uh, on Wednesday night, Stay in the Fan and Gary Stein caught up with Gabby Gaudette from TVG. You can find that right now at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com as they got you ready for the Belmont. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. All right. Uh, first up on your list. All right. What does Rivian mean to you? 
I'm, is it a drug? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Then I it is ge- not a drug. What, Rivi- Rivian? Rivian. I genuinely thought that would have been a drug. No, what is it? It is an electric car brand. It's a very... very All right. I'm, a, I'm off to a hot start. They might take over They might take over the electric car brand. Who know, or, right. Electric car world, I should say. If, so, you, if you say so. One and oh, one and never, oh for Zach. I've never heard of Rivian. Really? Okay. No, well, look them up. They're, they're about all. to come out with a few trucks that are going to be pretty big. If you so say so. You're going to be seeing them on the road. I'm all for electric cars. I like that concept, but no, no, nothing about it. All right. I need you to name... This one you'll probably get. A little bit easier. Okay. South Korean blockbuster movie. So, oh, see, this is... You're supposed to do it the other way. Mm, okay. You're supposed to give me the name of Okay, the, I'll, I'll switch around my... Uh, so, so... Okay, the, I'll switch around my thing. The, the one that came out um, two years ago that won the Academy Award? Sure, maybe. I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, God. Now I got to think about what it was called. Huge movie. Glenn. Oh, I, I remember... Um... But yeah, I'll switch my stuff around. No problem. Oh God, it's not. It's not Minari. That was it one that not. came out it last is not. year. Uh, uh, oh, definitely one of my favorites of all time. I mean, you could put this up at like it was. It was like all in Korean, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yes, it yes. Was subtitles. Not, it was. Oh Jesus. You know it, it though. You know I it. Definitely know it. it uh, Parasite, right? That's Correct. what it was. Parasite. Correct. All right. All right. All right. I get that one. All right. What does uh, Goosebumps mean to you? The, the the book series, not the book series. Oh, that's not, the one not, I know. Not the book series. That's the one I know. I don't know any other bo- goose goose. No, I don't. I don't it know. is a song by Travis Scott and one of the number one songs on Spotify. Okay, all right. I don't. I don't know Goosebumps by Travis Scott. All right. Uh, do you know what Weeble is? <laughs> I mean, we Weeble Weebles wobble, but they don't fall <laughs> down, man. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. You don't know. It this is, is a, going. This is going about what I the way I thought it, it was. It is a go. stock trading app. Um, do you know Robinhood? I'm very aware. Of Robin Hood is yes. is basically the competitor to Weeble, and oh, people get very did, upset when they when they stop. Uh, they, you know, Robin Hood stopped free trading yeah, for that one yeah, period of time. Weeble yeah. did the same thing. Well, there basically was a, there the was an AMC issue again this week, wasn't there? Like sure. There, didn't they halt? <laughs> didn't they halt AMC one more time because like, AMC was going to the moon? Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm not. I was not aware. Sure. Of Weeble. Boy, I am old. Do you know? What, do you know what Clubhouse is? Oh, that's the uh, that. that's okay. the social media app that's for. It's just for audio. Basically, yeah. So, like, I don't, uh, I don't get that. So you got that one, okay? Cool. I know what it is, but I don't, I don't. I've never used it, and you have to be invited, right? Correct. To yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the teams are using it. Uh, like Washington football team is very into it. Um, I've been, I've been seeing a lot of their posts on that. Essentially, it's you can get a bunch of people in a chat room at all the same time. Like you said, it's it's audio. Like you can have thousands of people in there. Pretty, pretty cool app. But I yes. mean, if if you said, but you it's, got but one. it's, but it's all like it's just like be, it's kind of like being on a conference call, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, does, somewhat. <laughs> I mean, somewhat. I but guess, don't but it's like thousands. Suck? It's like thousands of. Pe- well, it's it's more fun than that. I mean, you're going to be talking about something that you're actually enjoying, right? If you say so. I mean, all we right. Had, we had chat Mo- rooms. Moving on. The chat rooms. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Do you know what Beam is? <laughs> now defunct, by the way, I should say. But it's Beam. 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 <laughs> Beam. What? Uh, nope, I don't. Yeah, all right. So I it don't. was a it was a social media app. Uh, do you know who Casey Neistat is? No. Oh well, I mean, maybe I should just go on with that. No. Casey Neistat is a is a filmmaker who created a social media app that was pretty big for a while called it, like Beam. It, had like a hundred mil- couple hundred million but users. But what was the point of it? So like it, it's it was almost like a Snapchat kind of thing. Like you would put your phone to your chest and it would record like eight second videos you'd send out to people essentially, um, of like what you're doing in your life. Like if I 
was here, I would just... I mean, how's that any different than any other social it's media It's really not, but it, it, it kind of, like... I mean, Snapchat was around back then, but it kind of preceded, like, the uh, like the total success of Snapchat. It was, like, 2015, 2016. Yikes. Yikes? Yikes. All right, um... This one, I again, it's not. I didn't word them exactly correctly, I guess. But this one is a, is not a specific thing asking you what I what it means to you. But uh-huh. there is a new game console that is supposed to come out very soon that people are extremely excited about. What is it called? The PS Six. No. Well, PS Five just came out, so not not <laughs> I, quite. The Nintendo Switch Pro is supposed oh, to come out well, like I mean, this I, week. People are freaking out about it. If you say so. Sure. I genuinely, if I don't, I don't, I don't. I know nothing about the Nintendo Switch Pro. This is proving how old I am, by the way. You are successfully accomplishing what the point of the game was. Okay, one of my favorite things here, uh, uh, Tenet. That was the movie that uh, yes. came out last year. But do you know? Do you know who directed it? Yeah. Um, oh, for Christ's sakes! Uh, uh, oh God, what the hell is uh, Christopher Nolan? Correct. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yes. All right, good one there. Um, and then I had two more. Again, not in the right, not in the right context here, because I clearly didn't know how to write these questions perfectly. But do you know who has the most followers on TikTok? No, no, no. It is Charlie D'Amelio. D'Amelio. You should have asked me who Charlie D'Amelio. Is. Oh, okay. Do you not yeah. know who Charlie D'Amelio? Is? I have no idea. Who oh, okay. Charlie well, who she's is Charlie D'Amelio, the, the person who's the most TikTok followers. Um, she's someone who dances on TikTok a lot. She I guess that's the best I'm way sure to put she's it. Nice. Very, very popular I'm person. Sure she's very, a very, very know, popular. Maybe that should at, have been the at question. A cer- at a certain age, I probably would have been uh, quite fond of the work of Charlie D'Amelio. You might have been. You I might have, have no been. doubt that, that would have been the case. And the last question Boy, I have. I am three for nine so well, far. Well, that's not I awful. Just wanna, no, it's pretty bad. I mean, but, I guess technically it, it would be. I'd be. You'd be in the Hall of Fame if you bad. If you went three for nine yeah, for sure. your entire yes. career. Yes. Um, but the last one is in the same context. The most Instagram followers, and this person you do know of. But let's see if you know. Most in the most Instagram is, and I say uh, I say is, this only because is, it's somewhat um, common knowledge. Is Kendall Jenner? It is not Kendall Jenner. I really thought it was Kendall Jenner, so no. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where she is in the top ten, but it, she's got probably somewhere. She's got to be up there, isn't? I thought the Kendall Jenner kind of was Instagram. Sure. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I thought that was the Kim kid. Kardashian, Kendall Jenner, pretty, but it's not. But I thought two. it. I thought like Kim Kardashian was was Twitter, and Kendall Jenner is Instagram. All right, all right. Who is it? It is Cristiano Ronaldo. Actually, has the most. He is the most. See, the, I know who, I know who Cristiano Ronaldo is. You do, I, and that's the way the so questions the, were supposed so to be. So it didn't it didn't work exactly you're right. You're supposed but to throw out a concept, mm-hmm. and are you familiar with the concept or well, not? Why don't I come up with one more? And then when All we right. come back, I can I can give you another one, but I got to come up with something. You want it? You want to? And then one more. All right, we can do it that because that one didn't work out too well. Well, but I, 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 so I'm three for nine so far. Okay, we'll yeah. see how the we'll see. Yeah. How, I definitely would not have known it. if you had just said who is Charlie D'Amelio. I would have <laughs> said. Got it. Okay. Okay. Mrs. D'Amelio is. It's it's the son of Mrs. Or it's the son of Mr. D'Amelio, and it's it's the daughter of Mr. I was going to say. What am I even talking about over here? What am I talking about? I would have guessed it was. It is. It is a female. I certainly would have guessed otherwise. I would have said. What am I even talking about? I would have said Mrs. D'Amelio's son yes. is who Charlie D'Amelio is. <laughs> Daughter, but yes. I, and, and clearly, because I'm getting been, it wrong. I would have been incorrect in that case. All right, so I'll let you come up with one more. Okay, I got to think about this. These were kind of ball busters. <laughs> like, I was afraid that you were going to go too easy on me. You didn't do that. You made it quite difficult, and I'm old. <laughs> That's what I've learned. In the, I do not know things. So I'll let you come up with it, one it's more. It's gonna probably be a little bit worse when I do the top ten, but we'll see. We'll um, see. We'll see. I was I was maybe going I like I was actually trying to go a little easier on you, and I regret that. Like if you give me eighties, nineties movies, just just 
call it a day. Like it's not gonna happen. It's uh, I got one. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not telling you. Okay. I'm not telling Fair enough. You. I'm Fair not enough. telling you what I'm doing. All right. I got my list. You add your list. We'll take a break. We'll come back in. You can give me the last one. Kevin Goldstein's gonna join us. Um, uh, former Astro scouting director and um, and Fangraphs now uh, lead writer. We'll chat with him about the MLB draft, and we'll talk to him about this Michael Elias thing as well. We'll do that next. Uh, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports sports and social maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at live casino and hotel they take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100 foot media wall 47 foot big screen 40 hd tvs extensive beer selection big eats in venue gaming bowling and more the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers they're raising the sports bar at sports and social maryland come see for yourself Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation right now. They have an amazing deal for you. Get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. We talk uh, MLB draft every week until we finally get to the draft, which is a little bit later on. Joining us now for this week's draft segment, of course, Former scouting director for the Houston Astros. Now he's with Fangraphs. It's always a pleasure, and it's been a little while, I think, since we've been able to welcome Kevin Goldstein back to the program, back from his previous days in uh, in sports media. Kevin, it's Glenn and, and, and Zach in Baltimore today. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Well, of course. How are you today? Everything is well, sir. I We sent you the, the how this whole thing – I saw that you noticed – there's this weird thing that kind of came up last night on uh, social media where Tom Skoka, the former editor at Deadspin – was taking shots at Mike Elias, and it, it set a lot of Orioles fans into a tizzy. We tried to have a like an adult conversation about it on the show today, where I, I understand that there will always be some fans that will be reluctant to embrace the concept of rebuilding, because inherently we want to believe that in a major American professional sport, every team should constantly try to win. But I, I think the fairest way that I could describe it is, I don't think there's any way that you're judging Mike Elias by by what's happening with the major league team right now because Mike Elias wasn't hired at this moment to try to put together a quality major league roster. I, I always think it's fair. I you know, to be frustrated by what you see at the big league level, that's fine. But I I, I think Mike has been transparent from day one that this was going to be a long term process and the goal was not to have a winning season as soon as possible, as much as was, was to create an organization that is winning every year that takes longer. And, and, and he's put himself in a position. I think it's been a slow and steady climb. I think the organization's in a much better position and shape than it was when he first started. And, and, and that sense, he's done a good job, but if you're going to do things the way he's going to do it, the way he needed to do it, if you're going to, again, build an organization that's not just winning in 2021, but is every year, you look up and you go, this team has a chance. That's going to take a while. It's going to take a few years. You based on the starting position he was in, which was a really, really bad one. Right. Uh, that all of a sudden, you know, to, to look up and yeah, look, I, you know, I, when I joined the Astros in 2012, that team was awful. Yep. And, and yep. you know, had a couple hundred lost seasons. And I get it. It's not fun. It's, it's not fun for, for the fans. It's not fun for the players, not fun for the front office, but it's, you know, within the rule set as it is currently, it, it's one of the ways you need, you need to do it if you're going to build yourself not just kind of a one-year fun time, but something where, again, like it's a consistent winner. It's, it's your spot where the, the base roster is good and something you can build on through free agency, and you have this constant pipeline of prospects coming up who can help. And, Kevin, I'm not absolving the Orioles and the mistakes they made before Mike Elias came here, right? Like, they could not have handled the Manny Machado situation any worse. They had 
they had so many options for what to do. Try to trade him when he has his most value. Buy out arbitration years. Just sign him outright. Or, you know, like put it together a team, you know, build around mm-hmm. him in a short window to try to go win a World Series. They chose to do none of those things and instead sold him for pennies on the dollar at the deadline because they had very little left at that point. Um, I don't absolve the Orioles from it, but Mike Elias wasn't here for that, right? Like that, that wasn't his fault that the Orioles got nothing in return for Manny Machado and just had this, this I, you know, alt- generational talent walk out the door without ever seeing anything for it. Like I, I can't blame Mike Elias for the decision-making that led to that moment, nor do I really blame Dan Duquette. I think we all kind of know that that came from above him. Um, and so I, I'm not trying to say I think the Orioles have done everything right. I just think in in the context, in the scope of what Mike Elias was hired to do, I think right now we would say there's been more good than bad. I don't know that Mike Elias is a guarantee to build a, a World Series winner. We, we couldn't possibly know that at this point. There's, there's not nearly enough evidence to be there. But in the scope of what we think he was hired to do, it seems as though the initial part of this has, has bore some fruit. There's talent clearly in the pipeline. There is the chance that this might work. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, look, there's 30 teams in baseball. One wins every year. The other 29 are unhappy or trying to, to get better. And so you know, to act like anything is going to guarantee a world championship is a real tough thing to do. But I agree with you. And, and, and you know, Mike inherited a really tough situation there in terms of, of how much talent was on the big league roster, which was very little to none. And how much talent was in the minor league system, which was very little to none. It's, it's a really tough combination to, to, to hit the ground running with. You know, as a starting point, you just need to hit the ground softly first before you can start running. And it can take years to build an organization, to build a system, and uh, you know, to have a player development operation where everybody's on the same page all the way from AAA down to your Dominican Summer League team. This takes a lot of time. It's, it's a real challenge. And, you know, like you said, I think he's done more good than bad. No GM is perfect. Every GM has moves and draft picks and trades and free agent signings that they regret that were a mistake because players are human beings and not stratomatic cards. And, and they can change and they can get hurt and they can not be as expected. And obviously the, the reverse is true as well. This ain't easy. And, and I think overall... He has done what he has told the people he's going to do, and he's been very clear about it. Kevin Goldstein is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kevin, are you seeing the parallels between what's going on in Baltimore and how this was able to work in Houston? I do at times. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it starts with the system. It starts with building a pipeline. Um, and then it starts, you know, once your young players come up and, and you're in a position where you're like, hey, all of a sudden it's a good team that's when you start to bolster it with, with trades and free agent signings. I, I, I understand, you know, if you're a fan, it can be frustrating that you're not the team that's getting talked about with, with big-name free agent player X, but at times it just doesn't make sense to do that. You know, I don't know if you really need to put a whole lot of focus into loading your team with veteran free agents when what you need to do at this time is play your young players so you can learn about them. You know, Major League Baseball, that level is unbelievably hard. And it's, it's just incredible how good these players are. And you need to have your young players up at that level so you can learn about them and you can figure out which ones of them are going to be there when the team is good. He is Kevin Goldstein. He's with us here on GCR. So, Kevin, let me shift towards the draft. Um, I read a piece that you wrote sort of handicapping where, you know, the, with the chances of, of di- different players being the number one pick. It seems like you there is a common agreement at this point 
that unlike last summer when we all thought it was the Vanderbilt pitchers, no, it's these two high school shortstops. Those seem to be the consensus. These are the two best players available in this draft, correct? Um, I don't know if it's a consensus that these are the two best players, but I think it seems to be the consensus that these are these two players are the most likely to be the first okay. pick in the draft. Yep. So tell me why. I, it's, it's an interesting thing, and I, I think, and I, I did write some of the piece. You know, a, a good friend of mine who's a, you know one of the top scouts really in the country, uh, top scouts for his team, and, and an outstanding evaluator, just said to me, and it, it says it all. He says, "You know how we are." The more we see these players, the more reasons we find not to like them. And, and you know, it happens every year. This guy is the number one dude. This Jack Leiter, Leiter and Rock are the two Vanderbilt arms. These are easily the top players. And then they start pitching, and you find what's wrong with them, and you figure out the holes in their game, and all of a sudden they start, you know, dropping a little bit into the, into the, the you know, the three to six range all of a sudden. Yep. Um, you know, the, the two high school shortstop, Jordan Lawler, is, is – it's a real interesting player. It's kind of a unique high school player in the sense that it's hard to really, it's not overwhelming tools. You know, it's not, you're not sitting there putting plus plus grades on, on all these tools across the board, but everything is average or better. There's, there's no holes in the game. And it's, it's, it's a really good approach. You can hit, there's some power in there. It's a real shortstop. It's a slam dunk defender. Uh, he can run, and so all, all of a sudden, it's like, well, what what can't he do? What does he need to work on? And the answer is not much. Like this is a really, really advanced player for a teenager. He is 19 at the draft, which uh, is is a, a older for a high school player, and you know the kind of thing that's going to turn some teams off. And, and then with Marcelo Meyer, it's just it's just such a it's, it's what they look like to again use a scouting cliche. He's a big frame kid. He's going to hit for power. He's a really slick defender. He's not the twitchiest kid in the world. He's not a, a big-time runner or anything like this, but the slick defender, good bat from the left side with real pop. And, and you know, the upside of, of that kind of play, all of a sudden you're thinking about, you start thinking about guys like Manny Machado and Carlos mm-hmm. Correa in terms of comps of what these kids looked like in high school. And that gets people more excited. Meanwhile, you know, Jack Leiter started the season at Vanderbilt like a house on fire. And then once conference play started, the, the, the chinks in the armor showed up. You know, at times his command can get a little loose. At times he can spend a little too much time up in the zone, but also in the zone, if you will, which leads to a few too many balls going over the fence. Uh, Kumar Rocker at the same time has been on an absolute roller coaster in terms of velocity. You know, you watch him one Friday, you sit in 95, touch him 98. Seven days later, he's sitting 91. And you just don't know what to do with that. And it creates all sorts of concerns. And so... You know, it's kind of wide open, and you know, all of a sudden you start thinking about safe things too, like a, a college catcher in Henry Davis who can really, really hit, and the you know, other guys enter the, the picture. So I just think it's kind of become more muddled as the spring's gone along. Kevin, when you look at you know Jordan Lawler, um, he's striking out this spring. Last time I checked, a few days ago, about fifteen point four percent of the time, which is a little bit high, um, especially when you've got a guy like Marcelo Meyer who's around five percent, and then a guy like Khalil Watson who's all the way down at zero percent right now. Again, last time I checked, do the swing and miss concerns at all uh, with with Jordan Lawler? Is that something you've heard about at all? Um, and then Khalil Watson, a guy who hasn't struck out all year, it, does that maybe boost Watson up in, in your draft rankings a little bit? Um, I mean, a couple of things. Lawler, <clears throat> excuse me, did have some swing and miss issues early in the year. Um, that strikeout rate went, rate rather went went down considerably as the year went on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we saw it early. We saw it far less late. Uh, so that that's that's trending in the right direction, if you will. Um, 
I'm far more impressed with, with Marcelo's 5% rate in San Diego and SoCal against tough competition than I am with Khalil Watson, who's playing in you know, North Carolina. It's just not the same right. competition he's playing. You always got to keep that into account. It's always a really tough thing when you see some of these players who are in your more, who are not in baseball hotbeds, if you will. You know, it, it, it happens all the time. I live in Illinois, and at times I'd have to go see the hottest high school kid in Illinois. And, I, and the first thing you say to yourself is, oh, this kid's really, really good. But what does he look like right. if I drop him in Los Angeles? So I drop him into Texas, like, you know, where he's surrounded by these guys. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch him go four for four with a couple bombs, but he didn't see a pitch more than 83 miles an hour. Right. And so, you know, what did I really learn here? And so you got to take that into competition. Clear Watson, you know, is, is probably to go back to kind of just pure tools grade, might have better raw tools than guys like 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 Lawler and Meyer, but it's just not, it's hard to say that he's a better baseball player right now. Kevin Goldstein with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kevin, are you as convinced as everyone else seems to be that the Orioles are going bad at number five? <laughs> I'm not as convinced as that. No, not not at all. Actually, I, okay. I, I think there's. I, I, I think it's going to be tough not to be tempted by the Vandy arms if they're there. And I, I think it's quite likely that one of them will be there. I don't know about both, but I, I, I think there's a chance that they just go best player available. That might be an arm. I also think there's a chance that they get creative. You know, Mike, Michael I is a creative drafter. Um, and we've seen him do it before. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them take, uh, you know, someone not generally considered the, the fifth best player on the board but maybe a player who they can save a little money right. with and, and kind of spread the wealth lower. And I think, you know, two names that have come up that I've heard attached to Baltimore in the sense that they've been seeing them a lot are, are Sal Freelich, who's an outfielder at Boston College, and Colton Kowser, who's a, a college outfielder at the San Houston State. You know, these are, these are college outfielders who, with track records, you can really hit. And I wouldn't, and, you know, talent-wise, they're probably more 10 to 15. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Baltimore look at those kind of guys, save a little money, and find another guy who's a first-round talent with their next pick. So I, I know there immediately will be people that say, "No, we don't." The, the underslot <laughs> thing isn't you don't do that, right? And I, and I there's opinions there. I, it's interesting that you bring up the college names. We've heard, we've heard Brady House's name come up a lot, right? And I just said yesterday, I'm not telling you it's the wrong thing to do, but it seems weird on paper to me that your first couple of first-round picks in this process would be college guys who we presume are a little bit closer, and then the third time through is when you take a high school bat because it would seem like the timeline between Adley Rutschman and Brady House would be significantly different, and while in a perfect world you like the idea of the Orioles being competitive for a long time and extending timelines and, who knows, maybe re-signing Adley Rutschman if he pans out. What a crazy thought. Um, you know, it, it just, from the, the simple concept of timeline, it doesn't make sense. Do you think it's less likely that they take a high school bat based on the decisions that they've made with their top picks the last couple of years? I think it's less likely, but I don't think it's some sort of absolute not. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think a guy like House could be in play for them. I, I don't, it doesn't feel like their kind of pick, but at the same time, like this is the guy's really moved up boards and, I could see it. I'd bet against it, but I could see it. Okay. I mean, I think that's a fair way of saying it. And I, you know, I, I, I do, I, as I said before, get the best player, man. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I get the guy that's going to work. Like, don't just take the guy because, well, he thinks he's the guy that's going to fit. Gets the guy, get the guy that's the best player. 
it, it, your biggest concerns about lighter and rocker, like as we have this conversation, your biggest tangible concerns. I have had I had one scout in particular say, yeah, he referenced some of the things you brought up, but said, but let's be honest, if these guys were six six, none of that would matter. They yeah, but it, it does matter that they're not. You know, I mean that's the thing. Like it, uh, it's just like saying if you threw a hundred, it wouldn't matter. Well, he sure, right? You know, right. and and deck lighters a smaller dude. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact. Um, and, and it's, you know, you'll, you'll, you feel far more comfortable about, you know, your starting pitcher who you're going to ask for 33 starts and 200 innings out of when he's six four two forty than when he's six one one seventy. I think it's just, a, it's just how the game works. And then I think it's a fair thing to think about, but you know, the, the main problem with, with, with Jack Leiter is, is, is fastball command. Uh, it can be, you know, he really commands his breaking balls much better than his fastball. He could locate those breaking balls outstanding. Uh, the fastball is a bit of a spray. You know, he just kind of fills the box more than he actually locates the fastball, and that can be an issue with him at times. Um, Kumar Rocker, the biggest concern is just this, this velocity roller coaster, and, and you know, the bigger concern is that there's a real pattern to it in the sense that when he racks up a high pitch count, the next star, his velocity is down. And you're talking about a guy who's going every seven days and not every five. And so all of a sudden, that's going to be a question a lot of teams are going to have in the draft room. I mean, I, I, and, I, and I hear you. <laughs> Boy, it's, it's hard to not look at that, those results and get tantalized by them, though. You know? Like, it's really hard. Not <laughs> yeah, to... absolutely. I understand. But I always remember, and this, this, this is college baseball, this is high school baseball, this is AAA baseball. Any baseball that's not Major League Baseball is not Major League Baseball. It is an analog of Major League Baseball, and there are skill sets and there are ways people play that can result in really amazing statistical performances that are not going to replicate the Major League level because it's a different game up there. You know, there's always... Every team has this guy in their system. Yep. It's a pitcher pick, putting up really good numbers, and and, and you, people go, oh, I didn't get any, get any prospect attention. I always look at my guy. I bet it's a left-hander with a good changeup. Hmm. And and you look, and it is. Every yep. team has a left-hander who has a good change-up, who also throws 90 miles an hour with a fringy breaking ball. But he's left-handed, he has a good change-up. These guys can rip through the minors, you know, and, and win, you know, Eastern League or whatever the heck they're calling it these days, the double-A East, ERA title. It sounds and, like you're and, talking about Brian Mattis, by the way. <laughs> yeah, everyone, right, yeah, but that's the point. Like, everybody has this dude. Every team has yep. this guy. Yep. And you go, you know, that's great. He's remarkable. It's not going to work at the big league level. And so the, the question is not about the performance. About it's about is that performance replicable once a player gets to the to the highest level? I and get it's, it. a, it's a different math at times. I totally get that. Hey, Kevin, I, I, if I could, just can I squeeze in two quick ones with you about um, decisions the Orioles had to make? Um, we we these we talk about this a lot. The John Means situation is awkward because we we really like John and. We like this world in which he maybe they really did stumble into one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, and we don't know that yet. And as much as we know that he's had a really good couple of months, um, but it leaves you in this awkward spot where is there a chance that it's also the best asset you'll ever have with three years of team control, and you might seriously regret not making a move at a time where you might be able to load up and get something for John Means. H- how do you handle this John Means situation? Is he maybe not quite as valuable? as some people think he might have the possibility of being at the deadline. What should we be talking about when it comes to the John Means conversation? Um, I, I think what you should be talking about is how it's not time to talk about it yet. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's time to trade John Means. I think, you know, I understand there's still three years of control, 
those are also three years of arbitration. That is not a time when, when you need to pay him, you know, twenty twenty five million dollars a year for the for the kind of level he's pitching at. And whether that's sustainable, we'll see. You know, I don't think John Means is one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. I think he's a clearly above average, possibly you know, even star starting level pitcher. Uh, but you're not going to be in a position where I think those three years are going to get you a heck of a lot more in the trade market than two years of control would be. So I just think it's time to sit on it and enjoy it for now. You know, you say that, but I still, this is where the, the visions of Manny Machado return dancing in my head. I brought this I, up I a million, like that. that I, I can't, I, I, I'm terrified of the scenario where they do nothing for three years, <laughs> where it's three years of John means being good and the Orioles not being all that good, and then at the end of it, you get to the trade deadline the year before and say, well, now we got to trade him, and you just don't get all that much for it. I'm, I'm terrified of the inaction because of, of how badly it hurt them the last time around. And, I understand that, but you need to you, – you, you can get trapped in always thinking about the future. You know, if you, if you always think about the future and you always operate with the future in mind, all you're ever going to think about is the future and the present's never going to be good. You know, what if this team actually, you know, this team could take some steps forward. What if, you know, Rushman comes up and he's good? What if D.L. Hall comes up and he's good? Right. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at a 2023 team, which sounds like, I understand, sounds like George Jetson land, but 2023, (laughs) all of a sudden, what if this team's pretty good? Wouldn't you like to have John Means in the rotation? Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to map that out, and maybe I'm struggling with it a little bit more, and that's part of the problem, right, is that I think I'm, I'm, it's harder for me to envision 2023 as being the year, but I, I get it. It's certainly possible at that point. I, I guess what I would say is, are they competing to win a World Series? And, and if they're not, was it worth it to just have them around for a fun year? You know what I mean? In that, in that sure, trip. and then there's also the chance that you, know, you have me on, on your show in 2023 <laughs> right. going, man, yeah. this team's really good. Why the heck did they trade away John <laughs> Mean? I, I, will, I have eternally always been one to give credit. <laughs> I have eternally, I, I promise you this, Kevin Goldstein, if this comes up, I will remind you that you saw it coming the entire way. <laughs> I, I always take my bet. Ask, uh, ask Casey Stern, who was killing me for suggesting that the Orioles should start Hubaldo Jimenez in the 2016 wildcard game. And he has never let me forget about it. He has never allowed me. Why in the world would you think Ubaldo Jimenez should start the wild card game over Chris Tillman? He has never let me forget that, and we continue to this day. Uh, and then I wrap with this: um, the, the Trey Mancini thing. It's much more personal, and I am also I'm in the place where I just don't think there's much of a return that you're getting for Trey Mancini because everybody's got their own Trey Mancini. Like he's just not the guy that teams are looking for necessarily, and so. You could trade him, but you're you're kind of trading him to you're hoping that your scouts see something that maybe another team doesn't, and that's the reason why you're making it. Whereas the 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 truth is, he's so likable and so popular in the community. I think there's a chance that he just might be more valuable to your team than he is on on the trade market. Um, what do you make about Trey Mancini? I, I think there is going to be a trade market for Trey Mancini, and and I I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore tries to capitalize on it. You know, it's hard to see him being part of an Orioles team that is good just because of, of you know when he's going to reach free agency. It's a different it's a different piece of math all of a sudden, and so I do think there's a market for him. Of course, he's a fan favorite, and he should be a fan favorite, and he, and he should be a, a player pretty much everyone looks up to for for all the reasons that, that we know about. Uh, but at some point, I think business got to be business with, with with the Orioles, and, and, and there is going to be a market. What what is diet. what is that market, Kevin? Like what what practically you know can is is the Mitch Moreland trade the the what you're looking at as sort of? A I don't guy know. That... I think 
I think you'll do better than that. Okay. I, I think I think you could get into someone's top ten easily with with something like this. You're okay. not gonna get someone's elite prospect, but you're gonna get a good prospect for Trey Mancini for sure. You know, and, and you talk about like every team has a Trey Mancini. I don't think that's true. You know, I think Trey Mancini's there are some some bats out there that you can get, some first base DH type bats out there that that, that are gonna be available. Uh, but if you line them all up, Trey Mancini's the best one. And the best one is the one who gets the best market. And it's, it's everyone else is a backup plan. It's good not to be the backup plan. It's good to be the top target. And then that's what Mancini's going to be if he becomes available. I, you're more boorish about it. And I, I try, you know a thing or two more. So I'll lean towards that. That's Ke- debatable. Oh, yeah, oh, that, oh you know but. that's true. Kevin, what can I plug? Uh, uh, I know you're doing a podcast now with Fangraphs as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a podcast. It's called Chin Music. Uh, having a ton of fun with it we have a i have a different co-host every week uh this week's co-host is is c trent rosecrans from the mm-hmm. athletic um cincinnati we, guy we, cincinnati guy we talked some us we also had a really I, I thought it was great like about a 20 30 minute discussion kind of in the wake of the french open news about access and media and, and really what players owe anybody beyond their performance on the field which in my opinion is absolutely nothing um but we talk about you know those kind of issues and uh, we also had a, a great guest this week, and Disha Fosar, who's the Mets beat writer for the, the New York Daily News, talking about the, the the soap opera that is the New York Mets, both on and off the field. It was, it was entertaining stuff. And we yammer about baseball and then punch music and pop culture and other things for about two and a half hours every week. Very cool. At Kevin underscore Goldstein. Kevin, it's great to have you back on this side of the world, man. Um, I, thank you for taking the time for us this morning. I promise. I will give you credit moving forward if you end up being right about the uh, the John Means situation. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Kevin Goldstein uh, from Fangraphs. Appreciate him hopping on with us. Look, he's definitely more bullish about the Trey Mancini possibility. And as I've said over and over again, I'm I'm not telling you you, you can't trade Trey Mancini. I just and and his, I think his quote was, "You're not getting an elite prospect. Could you get a good one?" I mean, I. That, to me, is kind of comparable to the Mitch Moreland conversation, right? Like, they got guys that that were were thought of, you know? Like, not they weren't nothing. They weren't great. They weren't... But they were they were guys that people believed were players. And even, even for that type of return, I've never said... That means you can't trade Trey Mancini. It's just the... I, I, think, I think the average person is going to be dif- disappointed. I think you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Because you're going to love Trey Mancini more than anybody else possibly can. I think there's also an argument to be made that if the Orioles were to trade Trey Mancini and say they were to get peanuts for him um, and, and not what you would expect, is losing Mancini and the, and the the offense that right. he provides you actually worth that? Because keep in well, mind, I would not even just say the offense. I think the the question of like having community, the community, having someone that is as beloved that makes people say, "I'm happy to go root for Trey Mancini." Right. Every time I go to a game, I'm happy to stand up and cheer for Trey Mancini. And if he's gone, who who do you have to do that with? Right. I mean, the other thing is, it's just that, right, the Orioles are in a rebuild right now. They aren't trying to maximize wins, but offense has got to come from somewhere. And a guy like Trey Mancini provides you offense at a reasonable cost. You know, he's not, he's getting paid like $4 million in arbitration this year. And I know they're not trying to maximize wins, but guess what? If you bring up a guy like Tyler Nevin to take Trey Mancini's place, he might do all right, but he's not going to be Trey Mancini. He's not going to be that offensive producer. You could be in danger of, of losing a lot more games than you even are now without a guy like Trey Mancini. It's really weird that, like, he's, he's Kevin's almost, the, and Kevin again is definitely smarter than I am. I make that very clear. And yet he's almost the exact opposite of where I am. I'm in the, 
not that you have to trade John Means. I'm in the you need to have a John Means plan. Yes, you need to have a. I would uh, personally, I would extend him right now. I uh, think well, you that, buy out the arbitration years and you expand. It's 100 percent the first thing you should do. The yes. problem being, the Orioles have never done that, so it's difficult for me to buy into the idea that sure, they will. Sure. But my point being, if you're not, if you're not willing to do that, in reading the tea leaves of what this might take, then I'm immediately saying, go find out. Go find out if there's an overwhelming haul to be had. To Kevin Goldstein's point, three years isn't all that different than two years. Okay, fine. I'm not saying you can't do this again next year, but that math start. You start doing the thing where you're like, well, two years isn't all that different than one year, except that we started this conversation at three years. And the difference between getting a guy with three years of team control and a guy with one year of team control is significantly different. Yes. So we can't, you can say three years isn't all that different than two years. And he's probably right, right? It's probably not a staggering difference if you revisit this conversation next year, if he continues to pitch very well. But you put yourself in that trap where you're like, well, you know, we could wait another year and all of a sudden you really are eroding the potential value of the asset that you have. My point about John Means isn't go trade him now. Mm -hmm. It's what is your plan? Yes. We've identified this as a real asset. Now what's the plan? And I'm not really trying to compare John Means to Manny Machado because we all know. Like Manny Machado, generational talent. John Means, quality Major League Baseball player. Mm -hmm. But the unique circumstances of him being, you know, what he is, perhaps makes him even more desirable at this point because everyone's looking for pitching. Right. Every team that's in it desperately wants another pitcher. And, you know, opinions vary. I, there are a lot of people who think you really could go get a utter and complete haul. I compared David Sampson, uh, who we had on last week, said... I. The Yankees would be likely to give you a lot. Now, you do you really want to trade with the Yankees? Do you really want to do that? I mean, they've done it before, right? Like they've they traded Zach Britton to the Yankees once. They've done it. I I don't I think you throw that all out. Um I don't think it's quite like uh, the reason why you say, hey, the, uh, the the Ravens and Steelers don't make trades because they don't want to have to face that guy twice every year. Well, the Orioles are accepting that when John Means is going to be at his best, they're not likely to be all that competitive against him anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. a we're we're giving you something to go help you beat us every year. We don't, sure, we don't think that we're going to be competing against you. It's not really a, a bad thing for the Orioles to have to face John Means because right now he is in his prime, at, in, at least of what I think his prime is, and they're not going to be competitive Correct. for at least another three years. I mean, that's, likely you look at right. It, right. So you look at a guy like Alex Cobb. You look at a guy, you know, and really any of the guys they've traded, Dylan Bundy, um, you know. They, they're not afraid to face these guys right now. They're not going to trade a guy and go, we shouldn't have traded him because now we have to face no, him a couple right. times a year. And with the difference being, you don't want it to become a Kevin Gosman situation where the guy ends yeah. up just going yeah. somewhere else and being... And, and it'd be a little bit different with John Means, obviously. it's not There's not a direct comparison between those two. Um, but it's just have a plan to me. Have a plan. What, what are you doing mm-hmm. with John Means? One way or the other. Right. Whatever it is. What is the story? What is the idea? What is the concept when it comes to John Means? And what is the time frame for that? When when does this decision have to be made? Is it by the trade deadline this year? Or is it by the end of of twenty twenty one? Yeah, I mean, I I think you should. I think in a in a you're in a bad spot in an organization if you don't already have a start to that feel. You know what I mean? Or a feel yeah. To that, a feel yeah. Start. 
What did I mean to say there? A start to that feel. A start feel to, to that, that start. I don't know. No, <laughs> no. I both of those are kind of similar, and they're kind of there's redundancy there. You don't have a feel for what's going to happen. Maybe I mean, yeah, you, if you don't have a feel for how that's playing out, yes, I, you need to have in your mind. Are we willing to explore buying out the arbitration years? Have you run mm. that up the flagpole? Have you, Michael Elias, gone to John Angelos and said, can we buy out the arbitration years on this player? Did you get a yay or nay on that? If you got a yay on that, is John Means open to it? I would like. I would imagine that he would be. I can't I would fathom him not being. Right. Um, John Means is going to have a chance to get a big contract. He probably would right. take it. If John Angelos said, no, you cannot do that. We're not doing that. And I'm not, Decision made. I'm, make that, I'm not making this very clear. I have no reason to think that's the case. Yes. But if, that's, if you ran it up the flagpole and they said, sorry, we're not spending money right now. We're just not doing it. We can't justify spending any money right now. So even though you, know, you like the player and we think it's the right thing to do, we're telling you we're not doing that. We'll we'll think about it when he gets to free agency. Then you you kind of have your answer, as you pointed out, Zach. That kind of says to you, you yeah. need to start exploring. And again, that doesn't mean you have to trade him. It means you start making phone calls and finding out if someone is so enamored with John yeah. Means and is in such a desperate spot going towards July 31st, they lose another pitcher between now and then, um, and they say... You know what? We will. We'll pay you an overwhelming amount. And you make that the price. You say, we can talk about John Means, but we're telling you, this is the price of doing business when it comes to John Means. And if you find out that no team really wants to do the, you put out an extreme price. We need, we need, you know, two of your top five prospects and another top 10 guy, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And you look around and, and, and you, you clearly say that with teams that have legitimate farm systems. Sure. And, and teams say, whoo, no, that's way too rich for our blood. Then you say, okay, we're not doing it. You're not going to trade him just to trade no, him. That, that is, that no, that is not the I've case. When I've talked about this, I made it very clear. You're not just trading John Means for the sake of trading John Means. That's right. insane. You traded Alex Cobb for the sake of trading Alex Cobb. You, you tra- there it's are guys the that case. you do that with. There right. are guys that you just trade. That you, know, you have to. You have no choice. You, that's not the position that you're in. This conversation is, are you not buying out the arbitration years? If you're not, if you're not going to consider extending him before free agency... See what you can get. Find out. Yes. Get- there, will, there will be teams that will give you competitive offers. I would, I would 1, find it hard to believe offers. that you know a, a team maybe... I don't want to say like but the you, Yankees, but, but you maybe have leverage. like the Yankees. You, and, and you do have you leverage. You have leverage yes. because they, unlike the Manny Machado situation, where all of these teams knew you had to deal him. Yeah. And they knew what else was out there, and they said, we don't have to go that much higher. Like, this yeah. is all we're really willing to offer, and you just had to take whatever you could get and, frankly, didn't even take what we thought you could get yes. at that point. John Means is three things that all MLB teams love. One, he has control. Yes. Two, he's a lefty. Yes. And three, he's a starter. All of the above. And all of those three things make him very valuable. And, and so that's why the Orioles should at if, least explore it if, if they can't extend If him. you can't or if you're unwilling to... Either one, and maybe there is some world where John Means says, "No, I want to become a free agent in three years." It seems bizarre, right? Like for for a guy to trust himself that much into. Can't imagine. And, and I get that he's going to make money in arbitration either way, right? So like, it's not the idea of dangling money in front of him is not such a no brainer as people like to make it out to be. If you pitch well, you're going to do well in arbitration too. 
but it also prevents, you know, it, 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 it buys you against the risk of injury. It would seem crazy to me that John Means wouldn't take that if you were willing to offer it. But if for whatever reason, either the team, won't, the ownership won't allow you to, or the player's unwilling to do it, then you start down the other road. Yes. And you go that way. Or maybe the part of it is you just don't think he's that good. Now, you know, that's a different, I, you know, I don't want to have that conversation necessarily. But either you're doing that, or if you're not, then we go the other way. All right, uh, today's show is... Uh, oh, you know what? Let's, you want to do the last one? Did you come up with another one? I do have one more. All right, give me one uh, more to figure one out. We were, playing, we were playing today, uh, how old are you, how young are you, is the game that we're playing. Because Zach's 20, I'm 37. I'll be 38 in September. Um, so so he's referencing things that that young people know about that maybe uh, older older folks do not know about, and I did not do particularly well. I'm three for nine so far, but he had to replace one of these. <laughs> right, so here, here's the last one. Um, you know what Google is, obviously, uh, but yes. do you know what Google Plus is? I, Google Plus. I feel like I do. You feel like you do? But you now, might. Google Plus. It is no longer a thing as of like a year ago. Google Plus was the... Th- like, wasn't that the thing where they were trying to like create like video parties? Like, wasn't that there? Not like, particularly. No. What was that then? So it was like a, a social media network that Google tried. Yeah. And they had like people. They they the whole thing was like in like, circles. Everyone right, was that, supposed no, to be in circles. That's exactly what but I thought it video, was. Video. I'm not sure. It was no, there, really, there was a video component. There might have been it. a f- component because was, Google does a lot of video. It, but okay, it, I'll in, give you that. In one a for way, sure. it was a concept before. Like that, you could, like you could hang out. Together, well, there's, that's Google Hangouts. Well, no, they—that's what they've spun it off to. Yeah, I remember them. In, Google Plus was Go- a big deal Google when they Plus introduced it. Was not good. No, nobody. <laughs> it used was it. not good. But they were trying I did. to. For- I actually did. They were trying to force it. Like they were trying. They were going to big media partners, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were like, <coughs> "Do your stuff on Google Plus," and it just never got anywhere. I'm, yeah. I'm giving myself half credit for that. Oh, you get a four. You get a four. No, so, I'll, it, I'll take a three and a half out of ten. Okay, three and a half, three and out, and a half out of ten. All right. All right, time so, to time to flip it so around. So we'll flip. I tell you what, we'll grab our last break. Stop. When we come back in, we'll play. How young are you, with Zach, and we'll see if he knows some things that are a big deal to people, or or were a big deal, or whatever, to people of of an older age. We'll we'll do that when we come back in. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, the champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's program is also brought to you by Tucker Fest, June 27th. We'll be at Jerry's Toyota with the greatest kicker of all time, your chance to meet Justin Tucker. Picture and autograph, 50 bucks with the money going to the Brigance Brigade, which is amazing. It's an awesome thing to do, plus the dunk tank. It's the, the event itself is free. To just come out and hang out, put your purple on, dunk tank, cornhole tournament, live music from Joey Harkum and Dave Teeth, live broadcast all day. It's just going to be an amazing, amazing day. But... Justin Tucker, greatest kicker of all time, will be there. And you can meet yes. him and get your picture and autograph for just 50 bucks Right now, get your tickets, your, your, your meet-and-greet tickets. Again, you don't need tickets for the event, but for Justin Tucker, meet-and-greet tickets available, great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. 
All right, Zach, Zach Goodman from the Bad Around. By the way, what's coming up on the Bad Around tomorrow? The Bad Around, we will have Ryan Blake in co-hosting. Um, he's going to do a great job with me, and we will be having uh, – Indians play-by-play guy uh, for the radio. Uh, he is Jim Rosenhaus. Ro- Rosenhaus. Rosenhaus. I'll have, yeah. to, have to figure that yep. out. And then Rich Dubroff from BaltimoreBaseball.com on his, uh, from the Orioles beat. So we'll get a little bit of Indians-Orioles since they're playing this weekend, and then Rich Dubroff as well. All right. All right. That's tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the bat around. Check that out. Zach is a young man. He's 20. Here we go. We played How Old Are You? I did... Mm, three and a half out of ten. If I can get three and a half, I'll be happy right here. If I can um, get three and a half, I've got ten for you. Okay, I've got ten for you. And again, these these are more in you know in my wheelhouse and people mm-hmm. of my age. I I went with all kind of in the same range. I I wasn't all over the place, but all kind of in the same range. Let's do it. So I start with A I M. A I M A I M. Yeah. This and, is like and this, it's good if you don't know to guess. This, it is good. That does make it better. Like when I guessed that Rivian was a drug. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out not a drug. <laughs> well, maybe it is for some people. Maybe know, yeah, electric cars not, are drugs. Yeah, um, not actually a drug. A I M. Yeah, this is not something I'm familiar with. But is it an acronym? It is an acronym. Yes. Um, advanced. Okay. Advanced sounds right. Uh, internet machine. I like where your head's at. I, I think that's a, a hell of an effort. AIM was AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I and definitely know what that is, but I, AIM is not something. That was it. that was the way that everyone referred to it. Gotcha. Was AIM. I'll give you a half, though, if you know what AIM. Oh, a, yeah, yeah. What is a, sure. Then tell me what AOL. AOL is an email service. Well, no, what AOL Instant Messenger was. Oh, well, I know AOL is the email service now, so maybe it yeah, wasn't that back it then. It definitely was not that. All right, well. It definitely was. I mean, a- AOL, <laughs> a- America Online was mm-hmm. an, a, pre- a prehistoric way that you could get on the internet. Gotcha. They would give you these disks, and it would come with a certain number of hours of internet time that you could have on your dial-up, that you would mm-hmm. dial up through the phone. Um, and, well. And Instant Messenger was like... The first ever, you you would have this list of people that were also signed on to AOL at the same time, and you could click on one of their names, and then it's sort of like Facebook Messenger Got nowadays. It. You could you could chat with them that way, and it was a Got big it. deal. People would have a way message. I mean, it was just a whole world. All right, I'll maybe we'll uh, we'll, we'll debate on whether you get a point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Um, obviously a toy of some kind. Okay. Um. I feel like I've seen this, but I. How do you want me to describe it? Like you tell me. Hmm. I mean, it, it's just. I, I would assume it's a it's some kind of toy doll that was very popular in like the, the late '80s. It sounds like. Like it sounds like a late '80s doll to me. Uh, or no, actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. Google dolls. What, what am I thinking here? That's a band, right? Hey, I'm you thinking, got there. What am, what am I? Th- yeah, that's a band. You thinking for of sure. Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah, maybe. Some, of, I don't know. Garbage, what I, garbage pill kids. Were I'm thinking of some kind of toy other than that. But, but yeah, yes, no, that's a band. The Google, Google dolls, dolls is a band. Were, I was really wet, letting you. I was giving you all sorts of. That was a horrible start that to that one. answer. I was but I, I came all ar- sorts of flexibility. Came around. Came around. You did. The Google dolls were a band. Yes, their hits include Iris and Sly. I couldn't have told you that. Black Balloon. The name, the Goo Goo Dolls had a nice little you know, it, The Ravens did a similar thing to this the other day where they did like, uh, where the rookies came in and talked about 90s okay. items. Rashad Bateman didn't know what Blockbuster was, so Ooh. I hope I hope I'm not Ooh. that bad. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, wow. Well, look. You're not, you're actually younger than the Ravens rookies. About, so. I'm about like a year younger than Rashad yeah. Bateman, so yeah. Blair Witch Project. 
Oh, I mean, that's a movie. Hey! For sure. That's that's a movie. Um, haven't, haven't, haven't seen it, but it's some kind of horror you know, movie any, for yeah, sure. Okay. All right. That's enough. That's enough that I'm willing to get. You're not telling me much about these things, but you're telling <laughs> yeah. me enough. You're I haven't seen enough. it. Jack Kemp. Yeah, no. I don't know. Jack Kemp. Um, I know Matt Kemp. Uh-huh. <laughs> former, ba- former Dodger. The, the baseball player. was an player. MVP one year. Yes. Uh, Jack Kemp, I'm not aware of, but he sounds like an actor. Like, Jack Kemp sounds Kay. like an actor. Okay. He's um, a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's that's I'll just go with actor because actor. I don't know. Jack Kemp was a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback who went oh, on. Okay, he went on well, to become not an actor, vice presidential candidate. When oh, wow. Bob Dole ran for president. How long ago was this? Uh, when was Bob Dole running for? That was '96, I guess would oh, have been when right. Bob Dole oh. was running for president. He was Bob Dole's but what, running. When, when was Jack Kemp's playing career? Oh, uh, before that, obviously. But oh, yeah, was, for sure. He was uh, he was a known figure. Okay. Let me, let me make sure that uh, John, yeah, not, Jack Kemp was in the Hall. I'm pretty sure he was the No, I guess he never made the Hall of Fame. I thought he got to the Hall of Fame. He was a seven-time All-Star. I thought he was in the Hall of Fame. It's pretty good. Um, but Jack Kemp was uh, the running mate for Bob Dole in 1996 uh, to uh, become president after uh, he had served as a senator. Right? Let me make sure. Let me get this right. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. That, that, so he's a politician he and a politician. football player. He I could have said he was, either and he was said a, nothing. He was a congressman. He was a congressman, and then he became the uh, the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under uh, the first George Bush. So that is why Jack Kemp is a okay. very known well. figure. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Mm-hmm. New edition. What new, is new? That's a very. Edition? That's a very. It sounds very broad. To sure. Me. Um, new edition of what? Like new edition of a new toy? New ed- edition. Hmm. Uh, can I ask what way addition is spelled? Is it with an e- A or an E? No, it's E D I T. It's with an E. Okay. I mean, there's new editions of anything. Like you can get. I understand what you're saying, but this could be just this could be the new edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It's not the new edition. It's not a new edition. It's just new edition. I'm gonna get yeah. I'm gonna get dragged for this one probably. I should probably. It sounds like something I maybe should know, but I'm gonna go with like some kind of game console. Not not a game console. I like where your head's at. I like your head's at. It was a very popular R and B group. Okay, yeah, yeah. Never heard of that. That Never heard of that. That featured Bobby Brown, who Mm -hmm. was also well known as being Whitney Houston's husband. Oh, okay. Well, I know who Um, Whitney Houston is. If that counts. uh, (laughs) No, it doesn't get you any points here. Uh, Bobby Brown uh, was in. uh, uh, Johnny Gill was in that band. And it was uh, a, a, a they they spun off and became various other things, including Belle Biv DeVoe. Uh, New Edition was a wildly popular R and B act. Do you know who Drew Hill is by chance? No, boy, this that could have been really, another one of your questions. You know who Boys it, to, is, Boys to Men? Oh, Boys to Men, sure, right, yes, right, yes. R and B, not a genre I there, ever listened. There to. was an era where R and B groups mm-hmm. ju- owned music. Yeah. Music was. R and B groups. It's it's not. Drew one Hill of my was genres. particularly significant here because they were local. They were from Baltimore, okay. and Cisco was part mm-hmm. of Drew Hill, who went on to have a smash hit in rapper the, Cisco. Well, the thongs. He's not really a rapper. He was a singer. He had a smash okay. hit in the thong song, which is one of the most defining yes. moments of my lifetime. All right. Uh, so so far, we're calling you two for five. Yeah, that's, that's two fair. for five. That's fair. Uh, next up, <laughs> Pogs. Pogs. This is rough, man. This is really. You said you went easy on me here. I, I thought is I this, was. Is this more '80s or '90s stuff? Like I feel uh, like it's Pogs more '90s. Was more '90s. Pogs yes. is more '90s. Pogs yeah. is more '90s. Oof. I mean, honestly, this is again. I don't know, but it, it sounds like a shoe. 
to ah, me. Uh, you know, okay, I could say clo- clogs. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like it sounds like that. I see oh, that man. Um, these are pogs. I'm going to show them to you. These are what pogs look like. There are these little, like, cardboard-ish discs. And you, it was a game. Okay. You would yeah. have what was called a slammer. And you would be playing against a friend to try to take their pogs. Yeah, no, you never wanted heard of to that. win their pogs playing this game. You would play it on the school bus. You would play it everywhere you went. Do you know? Uh, I'm trying to think of some other uh, popular games from that time. Uh, uh, you have, are you familiar with what a hacky sack is? Sure. Yeah, it's okay, the it's no. the little sack filled with like yeah, little and you would beans kick it and around. You kick it around. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, what sure. about like you ever hear devil sticks? No. Okay. Right, no. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. This is this is going pretty much how we both expected. That's exactly why you play the game. Yeah. It's how young are you? Uh, Zach, clearly, clearly how young pretty are young. You? Who is Bill Hagee? Hmm. Really bringing out the tough ones oh, right no, now. This one you're going to feel shame about. Really? I mean, yeah. is this something I really should know? This is definitely something Bill that Hagee. you should know. Um, sounds like someone in sports. It might be someone in sports that I just don't know. Um, or not thinking of at the exact right time. Um it sounds like someone who used to like coach the Celtics or something. Someone who used to coach the Ce- I don't think Bill Hagee ever coached <laughs> I don't the know. Celtics. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bill Hagee is a very important person. He, in, I, I, he in, probably is. I'm in, sorry in, to Bill. In Baltimore sports history. I'm sorry if, to Bill. If I told you he was also known as Wild Bill Oh, Hagee. yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. In the Orioles Hall of Fame, sure. The, the, the fan who went crazy at every game, w- took his shirt off, all that stuff. Yes. So I want to okay. give you a point five here, but I feel like you should have known. I just know him as Wild Bill. Like, I don't know him as Bill Hagee. Like, does anyone call him Bill? I just call well, him Wild But the Bill. man's name was, was Bill Hagee. Yes, Bill. But he was the, now the, he has that award, that sponsored uh, award yes, that Mo Gabba that's, received that's as well. Correct. That's correct. So correct. they give to fans. It should be a half point right there. I wrote down a half. Wild, wild, wild down Bill. down a half. Uh, next up on the list, Duck Hunt. I'm, I'm getting dragged, by the way. Well, oh, this, are you? This is already happening. Who's dragging you? Uh, Matthew Pine. I'm going to call oh, him. I love Matt Pine. Matthew Pine love is dragging Pine. me right now. Uh, he just said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not great. By the way, I didn't do so well the other way, Matt. I didn't do I didn't do great the other way either. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, not yeah. a great well, sign. that's accurate. Duck Hunt. Duck hunt. Oh, it's it's the like arcade game where you used to shoot the ducks with the with the, like the the fake guns they okay, had. Okay, it, it's a, it was the original N- Nintendo game. It was the first. They have ever... those things in arcades now for sure. Like, well, they have other. It's not Duck Hunt, but they have okay, other yeah, games for sure. But Duck like, Hunt was the original hunting game. It was. It's not really a hunting game. <laughs> I feel like it's, it is. There's a one. It's a one track thing. Mm-hmm. When you when you bought the original Nintendo, the first game that existed was a combination of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. They came together on the same disc. Uh-huh. And you would you would have the option Duck Hunt. All it was was you would get ten shots. It was like you were shooting skeet with this 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 gun that did not actually work. Ever. Okay. Like, I, it never actually worked. I also said there were fake guns, so I think I should get a half um, point there um, again. I'm giving you whatever. We're up the, um, we're up I, the th- I think you I think you've defeated me. Is I, I give you uh, enough on that. Nah. I'll give you enough. You knew enough about it a little bit. No fear. No fear. It's either one of two things. Okay. It's either a roller coaster or a rock band. Okay. Um, it's probably a rock band. I, I will go with Rock Band. No Fear was a clothing line. Mm, sure. It was a popular, <laughs> it was a, apparently it still exists, believe it or not. Really? I didn't realize that. It was particularly popular for their t-shirts, the designs like that, um, and they would write like uh, phrases on the back, like, it's the bottom of the ninth, there's two outs, no fear. <laughs> like, that was a t-shirt wild, brand. Wild, wild. That was incredibly popular. 
And then finally, looks like something that would be sold at like Hot Topic or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm. I, it might have been. The, I, they were. They were more common. Like No Fear was something you could get anywhere. No Fear, like your dad owned No Fear <laughs> T-shirts. Okay. Like, got it. It was like this thing that you're embracing. Like, yeah, No Fear. You know, like that was. It, it mm-hmm. was. It was broader than just a Hot Topic. And uh, last one for you, Bob's Big Boy. Bob's Big Boy. I mean, yeah, it's not something I'm aware of, but it sounds like a giant, like three pound hamburger or something. Uh, you know what? I, it might might have been for somebody at some point. I'm sure it was. Bob, I'm like, sure I think it was. Bob might have made yeah. a three pound hamburger. Like that's the big boy. And it was a place that probably served hamburgers. It was a restaurant chain. It was a very popular restaurant chain that was most known for uh, its mascot. Which was this gentleman right that here? That is terrifying. Uh, and and it was a reference. Wow. It was a reference that was made in the first Austin Powers. It, lo- it looks like film. Jimmy. It looks like Jimmy Neutron. Kinda looks like Jimmy Neutron. You're not yeah. wrong about that. Kinda yeah. looks like Jimmy. It's Neutron. also terrifying. All right. I don't know what I'm finally giving you. You're one, two, three, four. Uh, three I'm, and a half or four. Uh, I'll, I'll give you enough that you defeated me. I'll give you enough. I'll give you a four to three and a half edge. <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't a, uh, a a, a, a blowout defeat. How young are you? There you go. That's the idea of the game. All right, today's show has also been brought to you by Window Nation. They have an amazing offer for you right now at Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, plus, as if that weren't enough, you get two years, no money down, no payments, no interest, no catch, nothing. When you call Window Nation right now, you can go to windownation.com and do it that way because the offer is not just, I mean, we want you to tell them that Glenn Clark sent you because, you know, we scores points for us and if you want to support us and what we're doing that's a good thing but it's not like that's the in anybody gets this deal right now from window nation give them a call 866-90-NATION there as i mentioned go to windownation.com window nation the perfect fit yes zach you wanted to jump back in oh i yeah i was gonna say one thing are you aware of the show outer banks i'm aware of it you are i aware have of never it. spent time with it because I feel like there's something. It's it's like pogues or pogs. That pogs. I was gonna, pogs or pogues. Something they call they well, call the, the people in the show. A, the pogues were a band. Okay, well they call the people in the show one of the two. I don't remember what it is, but I should. I probably should have said that when you said that. But who knows? Pogues or pogs, something like that. Pogs. Someone's gonna correct me. Obviously, I'm probably way off. Pogues, pogues, pogues. Yeah. Okay. Pogues there we go. I've never. I've never watched. I've never. Seen like maybe the there's a relationship. I don't know. The Pogues is a name given to a group of people that are from the Cut, the south mm-hmm. side of the Outer Banks. Yeah. The Cut is the home to the working class. Okay, all right. So there you go. I mean, that's what yeah, I thought of when you said when you said Pogs. I have not. Is it a, is it a program I should have invested time in? It, it's very cringeworthy, but it's it's okay. I think somebody's told me that before. Yeah, like it's it's, it's extreme. The acting is not the best, but it is entertaining if you want to like if you have nothing else to do and you I watch Outer Banks, you will be entertained. This is a true story. I'm so old. I just finally got through season two. I'm not even through the end of season three. Yet of Stranger Things. Oh, this wait, is how old also I am. a very good show. I here's my Stranger Things problem. Uh oh, no way. I like the nostalgia better than I like the sci-fi. I think the sci-fi is cool for sci-fi people. I'm not really a sci-fi person. Okay. I think the nostalgia side of it and like the coming of age stuff is actually it's great. And I think that they got in season in season one there was more of that in season two. Like they started loading up the sci-fi stuff immediately, and like it's kind of distracted to me from the relationships, the the growing up part of it that I thought was a really good part of the show. Mm-hmm. I I you know I also had been you know I went a long time with people telling me how great Stranger Things was and had to live up to that. I think it's I think it's it's good, 
and I think it's particularly like if you're a sci-fi person, if you're inclined to love sci-fi stuff, I think you you probably love Stranger Things. I think for those of us that are like not really, I I do I do like Stranger Things. I, it is I, a it is a top ten all time Netflix TV show for sure, maybe even top five. I'd have to think about specifically Netflix shows. Um, the first, immediately the two that come to mind, Unbreakable, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, despite the fact that we got some questions about Ellie Comper, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt to me is number one with a bullet of Netflix shows. It's the greatest Netflix show of all time. Uh, Wait, are, are you talking about only shows made by Netflix? Yeah, or I'm talking, okay, fair enough. Or, or shows that are more prominent because of Netflix, not shows that ended up on Netflix. Like... I would say Breaking Bad arguably became but Breaking more Bad popular. Is, it's not, no, that just means that you were... Breaking Bad was a very popular show on AMC. I guess. It, it's AMC, an AMC just doesn't come off as the most popular channel it's in the not, world to me. It's not, but Breaking Bad was the reason why you would know you would go to AMC. Breaking Bad... The, the greatest show of all time, by the way. It's it's not, but it's a good... It, it it's is. a really... There, here's <laughs> the... And Kyle and I have talked about this ad nauseum. The the problem... The, on, the only really big Breaking Bad problem is a big one, right? The only, There's one problem, and it's really big. It's that they presented, and I, I'm Dean Norris's character, um, Uncle, Uncle, what the, uh, uh, Oh, man, what's his uh, name? The, the um, brother-in-law. Uh, Hank. Hank, Uncle thank Hank. you, Hank. Uh, as being the, the greatest detective ever. <laughs> they presented him yes. as being so sharp and so smart, and yet at no point when he was literally hanging out with Walter every day mm-hmm. did he ever ask the question, <laughs> Hey Walter, what do you do during the day? Yeah, like do you do you go out into the desert the for a couple hours? The greatest detector detective ever mm-hmm. didn't ever not not even to tie it together, not even to think that there was any reason why he should think that Walter was the guy he was looking for. Yes, but to just ask the question, the guy that asks questions, the guy yeah. that's curious, the guy that sniffs things out, never asked the question. Hey, how is it that you spend your day? Till he's in his bathroom, he figured, you know. You're, you're not working. Well, he he found that out by accident. Yeah. It wasn't detective yeah. work that, yeah. that literally led it to by him. accident. He found it out he's, by he's accident. He's trying to read, well, you know. Right. That it's a huge plot problem. Plot hole, yes, that yeah. That no one ever really wants to to deal with because we all like Breaking Bad so much. And don't get me wrong, Breaking Bad's a great show. The, the big plot I, hole here is that we only ever see Walter Jr. when he's eating breakfast. I mean, that's the that's the biggest one. It's part He's <laughs> Upsetting. Walter Jr. did a movie recently with a did friend he? of mine named Jonathan Sheck, mm-hmm. who's from uh, Edgewood. And apparently there's some real controversy oh. involved with it because I think Terrence Howard is in the movie but never got paid for being in the movie or something like It's a butt-awkward situation. Um, anyway, but it, it reminded me. I was like, who is this guy? And then I realized it was, Walt, uh, it was Walter Jr. Uh, but yeah, I would think the first two on my list would be um, uh, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, okay. and Ozark would be the first two on my oh, list. Oh yes, pure, Ozark. Yes, your Netflix show. If it's, if it's, oh no, American Vandal or, or what? What the? the, the I haven't the, seen it. Who the? Who drew the dicks? Yeah, that that that. Oh my God, that was what that was called, right? American Vandal. It's it's Ozark for me for sure. Oh, Ozark's it's, really it's, good. It's, it's got to be Ozark. But, but um, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt is perfection. Okay, yeah, American Vandal is a perfect show. It is a Perfect Is comedy. It? Okay. If you have not watched, American I haven't. Vandal, I haven't. I haven't. They only haven't. got two seasons. Okay. And it's and get through that had, pretty quick. Yeah, but you had to reset. Like one season one and season two are drastically different. It is perfection. Oh, it's so effing good. There's probably others I'm not thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would if I would get to that as a top five for me. I would have to think more about it. All right. Um, but we did that part. We did this portion of the program. Now we do the portion of the program. Where we get a tidbit. 
Tidbit is brought yes. to you today by Glory Days Grill, where they're celebrating their 25th anniversary right now, and they're giving you the benefit. You get the presents for their 25th anniversary. You get this incredible menu, including the uh, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the smoky thigh wings. <laughs> they're so perfect. Um, also, you get the uh, Silver Anniversary ch- uh, IPA, the Turtle Cheesecake. It's all available for you right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. And they've got some great giveaways going on. You can win a trip to Devil's Backbone to celebrate their anniversary. They're having an anniversary. You could get a trip to visit the Devil's Backbone Brewery. Makes no sense, but that's what they're doing. And I'd say take advantage of it, glorydaysgrill.com, in order to find out more. What you got for me, Tidbit? All right, we were talking about Bill Belichick yesterday, and I well, we were, it, it in got me comparison thinking. to Mike compa- right. right? But it got me thinking about the whole the whole Patriots dynasty, right? And I, I was thinking, what is the craziest thing I can find about Tom Brady uh, that is out there? Um, okay. And I think I found the craziest thing about Tom Brady. All right. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl MVPs, which is five, than he does losses to the Buffalo Bills, which is three. Is that not the most unbelievable it's, thing you've it's, ever heard? It's certainly, it's he certainly played, wild. He played in that division yep. for an unbelievable damn, damn amount of time years. and lost to the Buffalo Bills three times. I mean, in fairness, until Josh Allen arrived, the Buffalo Bills are terrible. It's but I, still I, I, I get mind blowing. Like this I is certainly this get, to me is the most mind blowing, maybe the most mind blowing stat I've I ever heard. Certainly understand what it is that you're trying to say. It's it's mind blowing. Oh, is that it? That, that's all oh, I okay. have. That's, oh, all, right. that's all, right. all I have. Right. I'm on board. I'm on board. That is all I have. But do I do have a, a trivia, trivia question for, for you. Okay. Yes, I do. Um, we're going to go back with, with pitching again. Uh, so this time, which pitcher, when he retired, and I can't give you the year of this because I don't want to give it away, had faced 8.9% of all major league players ever? When he retired, if faced... Yes. Nolan Ryan. No. I do feel like oh Jamie Moyer oh this is unbelievable he gets, yeah he gets all three of my trivia questions do, extremely quickly well I do it feel is Jamie like I, Moyer. Had, I do feel like I had heard that I mean because he pitched until he was like forty six forty nine actually yeah did he actually get back to the major leagues at forty nine yes in two thousand twelve uh, he was with the Orioles in the minor leagues well, I remember and then that he pitched I want to say for the Giants or the Rockies one of the two oh you know uh, he did come back to the Rockies he Rockies did. that was you it you are yes. right about that son of a eight point nine percent. Of all major league players ever. Yeah. In 2012, um, he made 10 starts with the Rockies. And I believe Adam Wainwright, when he retires, is supposed to have a number extremely high. I want to say it's Adam but Wainwright. But he's only like 39 right now. He's right? faced a lot of major league players, too. Yeah. Um, or it, it, it may not be Wainwright, but it's another one that's going to challenge Jamie Moore soon when they retire. Um, and then Albert Pujols, I'm sure, has, has faced a majority yeah, of major league pitchers. You know, a, a large majority. Yeah, there's almost no doubt that that's true. Yeah. Almost no doubt about it. All right, very good. That was Tidbit, brought to you today by K&S Automotive, right here in Hamden for over 40 years. K&S Automotive has been restoring, repairing, maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service, everything from oil changes to major body work. They've got you covered. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. Brian Powell wants to know, do you know what grunge is? Oh, yeah, grunge music, sure. All right. 90s grunge. Can you give an example of grunge? I mean, like you want a band or a... Yeah, that would be good. I'm more into like 90s alternative, I'll be honest. I don't Mm -hmm. really listen to a lot of grunge. Grunge was part of 90s alternative. My cousin, who actually lives right here in Hamden, like a couple Uh streets away, does grunge music. Um, Like that's his thing. He does grunge music. Like he's in a grunge band. He's he's the guitarist in a grunge band. In 2021? Yes. Yes. Right okay. here in Hamden. But actually. can you can you name any? Ah, uh, that's any, tough. Any any uh, I don't any listen acts, to it at all. I, I understand, but can you name anyone who would be associated with grunge music? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get dragged for this again. But, uh, you know, we might have to come back to this. I have to think about it. But, may, you know, there's a, I mean, there's obviously a bunch. Um, if I throw out, like, a, a random alternative band, maybe they've done grunge at the same point, too. Like, you know, the the presidents of the United States of America. Not like, really grunge. Who knows? <laughs> no, not that. Who would, knows? really wouldn't be considered grunge. That's quite the random one to throw out, by the way. I, I know I know a lot of 90s alternative. I was hoping you would what, ask a 90s what, alternative question. What do you think question. is, like, the most famous 90s alternative band? Um, It's... Uh, that's tough. I mean... I love Oasis. They're my okay. personal favorite. They're a famous one. That's 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 I, up there. James is another one of my favorites. Big James. One. I love James. It's a super random. I, I like. I you told got you. some random I, ones on your. I list. was hoping you would ask about it, but you did. Have you heard of Nirvana? Well, sure, Nirvana is probably that the would most be famous. grunge. You would count that as grunge. Yeah, I count gr- that as that, alternative. That's the def- definition of grunge. Yes, the, I don't the, personally. The I, Seattle music scene was what produced grunge, and it okay. was it was Nirvana. It was Pearl Jam. It was Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. It was that Seattle scene was what introduced us to grunge music. And that's Fair enough. I mean, I yeah, I, I was actually reading a thing the other day about they found the guy who was the cover uh, on the one Nirvana album where it's the baby oh, the swimming boy, in the water. Yeah, the, they they the, found the guy like 35 years later or something I, I like that. I, saw I read. That, I, yeah. I was just reading that. That's the other pretty day. good. That's pretty good. All right, uh, Tubular, brought to you today by uh, the new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and in the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. So read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Not a lot of time left to get this one. we got a new issue coming soon. So this one, which John means on the cover, go get it right now before it's gone. And I think it's like, uh, what's today? Today is the 4th. Today uh, is June 4th. Maybe 10 days until the new issue is on stand. So Can we get a, uh, a teaser of what the new issue might look um, like? Um... A teaser. I, normally, we try to wait until the week before. All right, no problem. Uh, no problem. There is a. It, we the last three covers have all been baseball. Mm-hmm. We went um, Trey, um, Brandon Hyde, and yes, John, Means. John Means. So this will be a football cover. Okay. This will be a football cover, but might not be what you're thinking. Might be something oh. a little bit different than what you're thinking. But a football, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have Tyree football, Phillips on this edition. Yeah, of that's Fresh probably Box. not the one. <laughs> probably not, like Tyree, great guy, but probably not the one. All right, uh, uh, sportsy stuff for the weekend. Uh, here's what's coming up. Orioles-Indians, as Zach mentioned, mm-hmm. playing three games. Tonight, Masson 2, 7 o'clock. Gene Carlos Mejia and Keegan Aiken, the pitching matchup there. Throw out all the records. When those <laughs> all all of the aces. Uh, tomorrow, 4 o'clock on Masson 2, Aaron Savale and John Means. I thought the Indians had great pitchers. What happened to all that? I mean, Aaron Savale's been amazing. Has he really? Um, yeah, I he's, just don't he's know. seven and two and has like a two point three ERA. How do they just keep finding? There. How do they do? Yeah, this? it's amazing. How it's do they amazing. keep finding pitchers? Aaron Savale has been unbelievable. I, I actually am going to ask Jim Rosenhouse tomorrow quite Jesus. a bit about Aaron Savale. Uh, the Indians have not announced a Sunday starter. It's okay. one o'clock on Mass and two. Jorge Lopez going for the Birds. It's come to a point where I'm actually looking forward to Jorge Lopez pitching for the he's Orioles. He's, well he's been solid. He's pitched well. Uh, the NCAA baseball tournament is uh, gets underway this weekend, as we talked about with Rob Vaughn yesterday. Maryland is back in the tournament. They open up tonight against Charlotte at 6 o'clock on ESPN3. Win or lose, they will play again tomorrow. Obviously, the regionals work. It's double elimination in the regional, so they will play until they have lost twice or until everybody else in that four-team pod has lost twice, so they could be playing uh, on through to Monday. Um, but tonight it's ESPN three at six o'clock. We'll find out about tomorrow. Tennis Tennis Channel today for the French Open, and then tomorrow it starts at five a.m. on the Tennis Channel, and Sunday both days it shifts to NBC at noon. So expect the big stars to be playing at noon. They try to load it up for NBC when that's the case. 
Um, I, I, ooh, boy. The NBA playoff schedule, they have announced a lot, but there's still game six between the Clippers and Mavericks tonight at nine. And then the Eastern Conference semifinals get underway tomorrow. NHL playoffs continue as well. The stupid Floyd Mayweather, Jake Paul thing that I just, uh, <laughs> it's an abomination. That's tomorrow night at eight o'clock. I could not. Do not. I, I, there's no. Is, did I read something? There's no thing that would make me want to watch that. Is Chad Johnson part of that? Oh, God. Is he is he <laughs> fighting? Let's, let's hope let's hope Chad Johnson isn't a part of that. Um, I think I no, I think he is. He's <laughs> he's fighting something called Brian Maxwell on the undercard of this abomination. Uh, Chad Johnson is one of those people who ever since he retired cannot get out of the like he just wants to be in the public eye. Like he, yeah. he very much wants to be. But good for him, I guess. Unfortunately, there's still some unsavory thing. I I liked when Chad Johnson was just a cheeky fun guy yeah. and then there was the stuff with his wife Ch- and so changing his name and everything. Yeah, I liked all that, but then when, you know, he fought he, he beat up his wife then, mm, yeah, then, that's then not that amount. I'm out, good. On, not I'm out good. on Chad Johnson as being a good guy. Sorry. Um, the CONCACAF Nations League final is Sunday at uh, 9.30 at night on CBS Sports Network. The U.S. won last night, getting a goal in the 89th minute uh, to defeat Honduras 1-0. Mexico didn't look great, but they survived in penalty kicks to defeat Costa Rica. So it's the U.S. and Mexico 9.30 on Sunday night. Nice. And everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. You can find it there. Anything in particular non-sports-wise? Not particularly. Friday nights are, are kind of dry mm. uh, TV-wise. But we do have an interesting guest on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Oh, yes. D- DJ, DJ Khaled. Ah, we, we, I referred to him earlier. Yes, you did. You did. Um, I'm glad I didn't put him as one of my things that you might yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, well, I definitely would have known Glenn DJ. is a DJ yeah. Khaled fan. Um, Another one. Other than that, there's not much. Um I, I would say there's a brand new series debuting on HGTV, if anybody cares, Oh, called Frozen in Time. Oh. I don't know if anyone cares, but no, it's at 9 p.m. Nobody cares. Brand I, new I'm premiere. Sure that's the case. And nobody that's pretty much the only thing new tonight. So why do I, I, not feel, even, not why even do I feel like, oh, no, is, is, is Loki's next week, right? Let me check on that for you. I don't. I saw, I saw some run-up, some ads for Loki, but I think, I don't see it. I think it was, I think it's next week. Okay. That Loki. And I, 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 they, che- they, they, they really got us going there for a little while because they went right from, um, a WandaVision to, uh, Ca- uh, Captain or, or the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. They went right from one to the other, like literally no break. And then they had a, a little bit of a break, but I think Loki, Loki launches, I want to say next Friday is the first episode. Got for it. Loki, and then we'll get that every Friday. Fridays have to be the most dry day for like uh, new TV shows. They th- there's not. I mean, there's it ain't always great. De- it ain't always great. decent. Sports. I'm sure there's some Sunday night show. Uh, is Mayor of is that over? Did the season end? It yeah, ended this past week, right? I have not. Ever, I do not see I, it on I the need, TV I need, guide. I need, so. I need to get on board with that. And, well, that was a Sunday night, not a Friday night. That was a Sunday night. Thing. There's but also I, a show called Emergency Call. It looks like it's in the sixth episode of its new season. Yeah, Who get, knows if anyone's into that? Not, not a thing. If anyone's into it, all right. Uh, tidbit, or tubular was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Zach Goodman, thank you for your hard work this week, pal. No problem. Um, Anytime. On Twitter, of course. At OriolesFan68. And the bat around tomorrow morning. Yes. From 10 to with noon. Ryan Blake. With uh, him and Ryan. Um, we, uh, I do want to plug a new episode of Jobbing Out available right now. If you go to the radio tab at PressBoxOnline.com, just click on the Jobbing Out logo. It'll take you to it. Um, we had uh, Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder from WWE, was on the show this week. We uh, recapped AEW Double or Nothing. That episode available, new episode of Jobbing Out, or just search for Jobbing Out wherever you find your podcasts, and you'll find it there. Uh, Only Slams continues. Myself and Greg Rosenthal. We will. We've, we're two episodes in. We're doing it during the tennis tournaments. 
Uh, we'll have another episode for you come Monday. Come Monday. Great song. We'll have another show. You should have asked about you. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I love Jimmy Buffett. Right. Do you? I love Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's top five artists of all time. For okay, me. that's not a thing. I love. I lo- I'm a big Jimmy it, Buffett. It's fan. fun to get drunk at his shows. He's an, <laughs> he's an okay musician. I show. love Jimmy Buffett. All right, we'll deal with that another time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll deal with that. Next we'll have time. to have a, a yeah, whole gotta, Jimmy Buffett discussion. All, I, no, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of good times at Jimmy Buffett shows, but let's not overstate. <laughs> It's not overstated. It's it's, it's fantastic music. Like oh, there is, boy. it is fantastic oh, music. Oh boy! All right, all right. Well, I'm sorry. Well, well, there we go. It's, That's how we the wrap truth. up the show. It's not the truth. It's fine. His music <laughs> is fine. M- musician, he is. There, most people would would argue. There's a lot of people that argue it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just far from it's, it no it's not there's not a lot of try there it's very simple it's simplistic yes that is right it's incredibly it simplistic. simplistic it plays to his crowd and that's fine it's all fine and again it's a good time i mean you got to respect the shows he, he made an entire career off of one song I, but the other songs are a lot better than people give it credit for eh, eh. conversation for another a day. pirate looks at 40 is a good song it is a really good song it's a good song yeah that's a come monday as you were just singing it's good, a good song it's a fine song Oh God! <laughs> all right, all right. Um, anyway, that's what's going on. Thanks to uh, thanks to Kevin Goldstein. We'll get that up in the greatest hit section of the Archives. A little bit late on that. No idea what's coming up on the program Monday. Jeremy will join us. He joins us every Monday. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what else we're doing on Monday's show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Kyle makes it back and doesn't get detained <laughs> on his way back from Colombia. I'm expecting there to be a cavity search involved. I just think that's the way that it works. Oh boy. Thanks to uh, thanks to uh, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners: the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Sports and Social Maryland, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle at Kaiottenheimer is how you follow him on Twitter. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Maryland baseball. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.